Welcome to another edition of Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Drexel Show. We were gone for a week. Last week, I was unable to make it because I was traveling on the East Coast, eight different states. But I'm back in a secret location, bringing you another edition of Poker Fraud Alert Radio. But it's not just me. I'm not the only one who does this show. I have a partner, partner in crime on the show been with me ever since it began, and hopefully he'll be with me for a very long time on this show. Brandon Drexel Gerson, hello. Good evening, Todd. How are you? I'm all right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, whenever you travel, there's, there's a degree of stress to it, you know, especially when you have to deal with, uh, the airlines. So it's, it's nice to be back in, uh, one of my usual secret locations just to relax and, and do something familiar like this radio show. You were a pawn in uh, Airlines Game of Chess, from what I, I remember. I was, yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, before we get going, and the reason we're starting late tonight, it's not because I, I couldn't show up on time for once. This was actually planned. I kind of planned at the last minute, but still planned. Uh, the presidential debate was tonight. And I know a lot of people are following that closely on the site. And I didn't want to make people choose between listening to this live broadcast and the presidential debate. So I figured I might as well start it after the debate's over, and that's why we started at 7.40. And uh, next week, we will be back, at least we'll attempt to be back, at 7 o'clock. But that's the reason we started late tonight. And I made the free roll start a bit later, so I have time to announce it and have people be able to get over there and register before it starts, because once it starts, the door closes. No late registration. So we have a $50 free roll plus a $5 consolation prize for the Bubble Boy. It is on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which you can find on PokerFraudAlert.com, one of the tabs on top. Totally free, you don't even need play chips, just register an account if you don't have one on the No Fraud Online Poker Room and sign up for the free roll. Go to the 
tournament section and sign up before 8 o'clock Pacific time. The free roll, as I said, a $50 prize pool donated by Bubbles and a lurker named Popcorn Sutton who won $30 as a second place prize in a contest we had here in a PGA contest. He donated that back to the free roll. Very generous of him. Bubbles donated $20. And Bubbles also is donating a bubble prize. I'll get to all that in a second. But here's the way the prize pool is this week. It's a little bit different because I've had some complaints that we get a lot of people in these free rolls and that just giving the prize to three people isn't enough. People want more spots paid. So I said, all right. So now the first place is $20. It used to be 30 now it's just 20 Second place is $10, down from 15 But don't feel bad, because third place, fourth place, fifth place, and sixth place get $5. So we pay six spots, and if you're seventh place, you don't walk away empty-handed, probably, because Bubbles has offered to send you $5 on lock poker. Now, I'm no fan of lock poker, but you know it's Bubbles who made this decision that he wants to pay people on lock poker where he happens to have some money so if you finish seventh don't send me a pm uh send bubbles a message and ask for uh five dollars on lock poker also if you knock out bubbles from the tournament you get an additional five dollars and i'll be sending that to you so uh, pm me for that and i i actually I should have only paid five spots here. I'm actually paying $5 too much. I'll have to eat $5, which is very tough for me as a Jew. But uh, since I, I mistakenly made this prize pool $5 too big, I can't take it away at this point. That just uh, that would be too Jewish. And uh, I considered it, but I said, you know what? i, I got to keep to what I promised. So uh, that is the prize pool. Five, $55 plus $5. It's a consolation prize, plus a uh, bounty for knocking out bubbles. So good luck tonight on the free roll starting at 8 o'clock. No Limit Hold'em. And I also lowered the starting chips to 3K, and I lowered the level length to 10 minutes because some people on the East Coast were unhappy that the tournament took too long. And it starts too late, takes too long, and uh, they wanted it to be over quicker. So I understand that. It's not exactly a major tournament. So we're trying that this week to a faster structure. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Make sure to get down there and register in the next 12 minutes if you want to play it. So uh, Also, there's this. Drexel. Templar here, buddy. <laughs> just reached out to you. Say hello. <laughs> Sitting here at home. Feel free to give me a holler, buddy. I'll be home all day with my nuts in front of the air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> now, when did you get that message? That message was from uh, July 1st, Okay, I, I figured it was probably older since uh, he talked about his nuts in front of the air conditioner. And even though some areas of the country have been rather warm this past week, I, I didn't think where he lived was uh, that warm right now in mid-October. I, I was hoping it was recent, but then I heard about the nuts yeah. in front of the air conditioner. I'm like, damn it, it's an old message. But it was still funny nonetheless. Is he still lurking the site? You know, I haven't checked. And I, I wonder if he's gotten smart enough not to lurk, at least from that IP knowing that I caught him lurking before. But uh, uh, people have been paid, finally. The, the only one who hasn't been paid yet from Let me the guess. Fund Jay Searless? Is Jay Searless. They were still kind of the, figuring that one out. But everybody else has been paid uh, what has been promised, and I know that kind of dragged out, but 
it's been done. People have been paid back. And I, I thank the generous people who donated to the fund, including JSIP and Raw Wolf, of all people. Raw Wolf Slim T donated too, and I have to give that credit where credit is due. So anyway, um, here's the, the topics we're going to go over tonight on this show. And uh, of course, this is kind of a free-form show. So if we find anything else of interest to do or to talk about, then we will, because that's the way the show works. We, we kind of sk- stick to a schedule and a structure, but uh, if something good is happening or a good call comes in, we want to always give that time. So uh, here is what is going on tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the... Where did my list go? Here we go. We're, okay. we're going to talk about Howard Lederer again. But not a very long discussion about Lederer, but a, a short discussion about Lederer, who is playing live poker again in Bobby's room at the Bellagio. He and actually has the nerve... As well as, as, well as Phil Ivey's room at the yeah. Aria. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. He actually has the nerve now to show his face in public. I guess he thinks that uh, since he came on and uh, gave a very detailed and descriptive interview where he answered all the tough questions. Nope. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have no recollection. I'm just speculating now, so I just don't, you know. So I don't know. I remember sometime in the afternoon. I don't even know when. Yeah, so since he gave those very descriptive answers that uh, we've been waiting 18 months for, he figures it's safe to go back and play poker. Might as well. And especially since we've all gotten our money back now on full tilt, and we all have it in our bank accounts, and uh, we've all been made right. So why not show up in Bobby's room and uh, Ivy's room in the Bellagio and throw money did, around? Uh, did you get a letter from full tilt uh, in the last week? Yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, saying uh, that the room's opening again, and... Uh, U.S. players can't play there, and uh, to expect to be, you know, to start the process shortly or something like that. It it wasn't a very exciting letter, in my opinion. Said that uh, the DOJ would be either in contact or they'd be providing information on how players can go about getting refunds. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a long process. I I don't think we're going to see our money really, really soon. But uh, it'll feel good at least to get the whole thing started. If I once I actually have a letter from the DOJ, like explaining how I get my money back, for some reason it'll feel better even without my money back. It'll just feel better knowing that it's now really happening. I know it's going to happen, but like that it's actually on the way to happening. Because right now they're still figuring out how to do it, or whatever they do down at the uh, DOJ to uh, figure out how to handle these things. Um, so that that's what's going on with Howard Letterer. Uh, Durr and Isildur, former rivals on Full Tilt, are now poker pros on Full Tilt. They've been signed to represent the new Full Tilt. So, um, so I, I guess have... those rumors were accurate when people were speculating why, uh, why Isildur uh, left... Or I guess on mutual terms departed from poker stars, and a lot of people speculate that was a reason. Looks like they were correct. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Isildur has uh, signed with them. Has has Dur. We'll talk a bit about that. Uh, Harala Bosvulgaris called out Daniel Negranu in a blog for going too easy on Eric Lindgren. He, he's very angry at Eric Lindgren for uh, ripping off, ripping him off for a large sum of money, very large sum of money, and he feels Negranu, who calls out a lot of other people is given Lindgren a free pass because he's friends with him. Talk a bit about that. 
This is not a new story, the next one I want to talk about, but it's something that... Uh, well, actually, before that, I, sh- I should also mention, since it's related, Daniel Negranu released a video blog trashing Letterer, of course, because he hates Howard Letterer, and trashed him about how he uh, pretty much skated through the entire seven-hour interview not saying anything and, and contradicting himself. But at the end, he also promised a near-future response to Harlebos's blog where he will defend himself of the way he's been treating Lindgren. So that will be interesting to hear when that response comes out, but we'll talk about the response he did give to Howard Lederer on this show. And then we can wait to see Annie Duke's blog trashing Daniel Negrana's blog trashing Howard Lederer? There's a good chance of that, or maybe maybe she'll make fun of uh, Daniel Negreanu, uh having a cup in his mouth while he plays poker. <laughs> you, know, you never know what Annie Duke will do. Um... This is not a new story, but uh, there's a European site called Purple Lounge Poker. Now, I talk about a number of European sites that U.S. players can't play on on this show because those are the sites victimizing people these days because U.S. players just don't have that many options. So there's a lot more opportunities to screw European players right now than there is U.S. players. So uh, it seems like most of the fraud these days going on is against European players, and there's a lot of small poker sites. I mean, if you if you took a look at the list of poker skins that are out there, it's a staggering number of sites, even still today. Sites you've never heard of in your life that offer pro- poker for real money. Mostly not to U.S. players. But a lot of these are really, really shady operations and end up cheating people. Well, poker, uh, Purple Lounge Poker is one of them, and even though this is something from July, this story... I still want to talk about it because there's an update to it, and I've never talked about it before on the show, and I, I've recently become aware of the whole situation, so I want to let people know about Purple Lounge Poker and uh, and what to do if you're a victim there because there's some players organizing together to try to do something about the very bad situation that's occurring there. I'll talk about that. Uh, the Venetian here in Las Vegas may have had a robbery. I heard maybe in the high-stakes uh, Baccarat section. I'm not, not sure where. But it may have had a robbery. Or they may just be changing out their chips. They might be, yeah. But uh, there is a chip changing going on there, and they're really scrutinizing anyone who comes in with chips of denominations of $500 or more. If you try to cash in any chips of those values, they really give you a hard time and make you prove yourself. I, I have some advice for people who may be holding on to such chips from the Venetian what to do about it, otherwise you may get your chips confiscated and either never get them back or have a very hard time getting them back. So uh, I'm going to give you some advice about what to do about that situation if you are holding chips right now from the Venetian that are considered the old chips and how to handle that and how to make sure to get your money. Phil Ivey, back in the news. Now you would think that Phil Ivey, who no longer has the full-tilt gravy train to ride of about a million dollars a month coming in, you would think that without that, since April 2011, probably doesn't have that much money to throw around anymore. But I guess that's not true. Even with the divorce, even with Black Friday, somehow he's able to still gamble for seven figures in casinos. So he was playing in one of Britain's oldest casinos, this was a weird game that, that I'll describe shortly, he won $11 million. And here's the worst part. They won't pay him. 
All they will do is give him back the money he spent to win the million dollars. So I guess he held like 12 million in chips. They gave him his 1 million in chips back that he originally brought in for, but his 11 million profit he is not getting, at least for, not right now. They're investigating him. We'll talk about that. I think he's being screwed here. Um, we're going to try to reach Dave Learman, who we had on two weeks ago, the former Hollywood insider who worked with Howard Stern and uh, was on stage all the time with Sam Kinison. Got a blowjob from LaToya Jackson in a uh, in an outhouse in exchange for cocaine. <laughs> he has a lot of weird stories like that. We're going to put him back on and have him tell some more stories about uh, some celebrities you've probably heard of. This is uh, like a first-hand account from a guy who was actually there, not just some guy who heard some gossip. He was actually there. You know, he was actually there with his penis in the mouth of LaToya Jackson in exchange for giving her cocaine inside of a stall or an outhouse or something. So uh, we'll try to reach him. Uh, We will try again to reach that weird girl who may have been involved in ripping off Ken Scaler. Maybe Ken Scaler himself will call in. And whatever else we feel like discussing, if you want to call in tonight, and I'll take some calls before we start talking about everything else, 775-FRAUD-55 is the number. 775-FRAUD-55 or 775-372-8355. I'll give you one more number you can call. 702-430-1808. I'm hearing an echo. Do you hear an echo? I'm hearing it Yeah, after you talk as well. Weird. Let me... Uh, hmm. I'm, I'm going to hang up on you, Brandon. I'll call you right back. Okay. All right. So that's... Is it gone? Echo. Yeah, it's gone. All right, let's try uh, try to put Brandon back on here. I don't think it was his fault. I, I, th- I think we're better now. I think it was a Skype problem. I don't blame you, Brandon. I, I think uh, you've done everything else. Okay, so we have a, a caller coming in here. Um, let's see here. It's a. Got to screen these calls carefully now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking here. Um, you think we should take that call? No, right, go ahead. Oh, we lost it. Call, call back. Okay. Real fast, before we get on with uh, the agenda, two quick things. Did you watch the presidential debate this evening? Yeah, I did. And um, I, I, I have a T-vote, but just nonetheless, I, I am going to watch it at some point later tonight. What was uh, your impression? Did uh, Obama come out looking sharper after... The debacle of a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he did much better for sure. Uh, this was a very disorganized and wild debate, though. They were just uh, um, going off on each other. They, there was very little structure. Um, nobody was listening to the moderator. I think uh, even worse than last last time. And um, you know, Obama didn't just let himself get run over like last time. So in that, he did much better. But um, the debate. They said on CBS when it was over that this may change the format of debates forever because it was so different. I, I don't know if you're going to go that far, but it was... Who was a, moder- who was a moderator? Uh, some woman named uh, Candy something. I'm forgetting her name. She, she kind of came off as like a... Um, I don't know, kind of like a stern, bitchy woman, but then at the same time she let herself get run over by the candidates. Candid Candy? From the old site? That's who it was. Yeah, it was Candid Candy. <laughs> That's who it was. And this candy person, how do, who is she? That's what was a candy, her credentials candy Crowley, that was her name. Okay. She's from CNN. Oh, okay. 
But um, yeah, she doesn't look like a Candy Crowley. Like you'd expect Candy Crowley to be like like kind of look like a hooker. She didn't look like one at all. She was like a like a middle aged, uh, overweight woman who who kind of looked like she was a real bitch. I, I don't really know her though. Like I don't. I, I'm not really familiar with her from CNN. But that's who moderated. She she did a better job than Jim Lehrer, but I, I think uh, a dead person could have done a better job than Jim Lehrer did. So, uh, but it, it was very. Uh, it was it was a very uh, disorganized and raucous debate, shall I say? And <laughs> I I think at the very least Obama has fixed some of the doubts people had about him after the first debate. Because if if he put on a repeat performance of the first time, he'd probably lose the election. Now since he came off decently in this one, I, I think he'll probably stop the bleeding and, and win the election. That's that's my opinion. And I think the third debate will probably be similar to this one. But uh, we'll see. He's definitely not going to get trounced in the polls as to who won like last time, where it was like 65 or 67 to 22. It, it should be closer to even, and Obama may even get the, the nod overall who won. But um, anyway, that, that was my opinion. And it's... Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see it too. And I felt most of the users probably did here. By the way, I want to give a shout-out to a user we have not seen in a while who was a very big fan of this show and then disappeared. I don't know why she disappeared, but she's back. Beebs9Dizzle is back in the chat. So, hello to Beebs. Nice. Glad to hear you're back. she's just been busy with uh, school and whatnot. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just uh, When we have people who are like very dedicated to the show and then they abruptly vanish, that always strikes me as odd. Like I don't want to call Beebs odd. It's just, I've never done that before. Like When I like something, when I'm really into something... If I'm not into it anymore, I usually kind of just fade out. I usually like go from really, really into it to kind of moderately into it to not at all. I don't just go from like there every week without fail to just gone. But I, some people are like that, and uh, I'm not sure where she went, but I'm glad to have her back. She says in the chat she had classes. So I, I guess uh, getting an education and concentrating on that is more important than being here for this <laughs> show. So, Now, Jeff, I want to play a real quick game. Uh, game. It's just it's gonna be the Jeopardy format. Okay. And I just want to ask you the question. Okay, and then you know, just like Jeopardy, you give me I'm gonna give you the answer, you give me the question. The answer is three hundred million dollars of fail. What is the question? What is full tilt poker? No, the actual that that actually would would that be more than three hundred million or less? Uh it'd actually be a little bit more. Yeah, yeah okay. pretty close. The actual question is what are the New York Yankees? <laughs> They're down two to zero. They're going to be down three to. I am. I. I love it. I. You know. I'm sure there are a lot of Yankee fans probably in the chat, but I am taking a lot of pre- pleasure in watching this. Just embarrassing. I mean, they. They. They're, they. I think now they've come to. You know, if this doesn't really show everybody that once you stop taking steroids for a year or two, what it does to your, you know, production. Meaning Rodriguez now their best player. They're benching him. He's been benched now. Yeah. What, was it the second or third time in the postseason? Yeah. And, He's and, like and, 0 for 16 with 12 strikeouts. Yeah, well, not uh, only that, but uh, I've seen it so many times. I mean, like uh, like Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez, Dodgers. exactly. I mean, he, he was just yeah. so amazing in the second half of the 2008 season for the Dodgers and when they got him. And then 2009, you know, they forced him off the steroids near the beginning of the season. And then he comes back and he sucks. And now, I remember when everyone was saying... I don't know, about seven, eight years ago that Rodriguez was a pretty much a lock to even break Bonds' record as long as he stayed healthy for home runs. And now it's just it's the inevitable is caught up. His body is, without the steroids, is breaking down. And, and his bat swing is just, 
a lot slower. And uh, it's it's I, you know, it makes me actually wonder what are they going to do next year with him. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's going to be a problem. And you know, the one person that that and all this comes out looking great is do you remember you know the, the I guess probably the best player in our generation at least the first seven to ten years, Ken Griffey Jr. Everyone thought that he was a lock. And then, you know, he had a lot of injuries, but it was, you know, it wasn't, it was during the prime of his career. And I think it really vindicates that, that out of all the, you know, superb athletes of baseball, like in the early 90s and, you know, part of this decade, that he never juiced or did anything. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I that, that's my opinion. I don't think, I mean, it's really hard now to even, I think your, your boy Eric Gagne just, uh, or I shouldn't say your boy, but your Dodgers fan just wrote some book about everybody he said like 80 percent of i think it was even the dodgers he was saying it was the dodgers that he was saying that what happened was uh paul laduca who was a member of the dodgers and, and yeah, had, catcher right? yeah and it was a catcher and had one year that was like way better than all the other years where he had like 25 home runs and they, they call that the brady anderson role <laughs> yeah yeah so so uh he apparently introduced a lot of people to, to the steroids and had the connections and uh i i've known this for quite some time I don't think the 80% figure is necessarily accurate, but there were a lot of Dodgers on steroids at the time that Gagne was on the team, and he was on more than anyone. I mean, this, he had the biggest difference in his career from the, from the steroids. And, but uh, Crow Diddley just said in our chat something very yeah. accurate. This is how 37, 38-year-old dudes used to be before the late 80s, and it's true. Like a, Later in your career, when you're in your late 30s in baseball, you weren't crushing the ball anymore. That's just, it's just Without the roids, it's a very hard thing to do. And, uh, I mean the only the only exceptions I can even think of, and I I've been a huge baseball fan since I was a child was, you know like Dave Winfield and probably Eddie Murray, who still had like moderate you know to, to pretty decent success you know in the late thirties, you know and when I say crushing the ball they still could hit like twenty twenty five home runs when they were approaching forty, and neither of those guys were juicing obviously. Yeah, well you never know at the end of the career what they were doing, but uh... yeah, but I mean like in the late eighties early nineties was it even around then? Late uh, 80s, late 80s yes, but uh, it, it increased a lot, and especially uh, especially in the mid 90s, I think is when it really took off, and then uh, beginning of 2000 is probably when it hit its worst point. But um, yeah. and you know, some the thing is, you have to also separate the players that were legitimately really good players that also did steroids to make themselves into amazing players, or to or to revive their careers at the late age, like uh, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, ones who, who probably would have been Hall of Famers without it. And, yeah. and then people the like... Palmero, Brady, Pal Palmero, too. Yeah, and then people like uh, Brady Anderson, who uh, would have been nobodies, <laughs> or, or even Melky Cabrera, you know, who just weren't very good, and it was all the roids. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, the Yankees are a big fail, and uh, St. Louis Cardinals... I, I don't know if uh, I have a feeling they're they're not going to do it this year. Their pitching just starting pitching has just not been very good, and I, I think it's going to catch up with them. I think uh, as much as I hate to admit it, I think the Giants are going to beat them. You know, it really pisses me off. It just seems like every year now, you know, it's it happened. You know, a couple times like in 2003, or no, I'm sorry, 2001 with like the Rams, and then 2002 could be getting the date screwed up with the with the Ravens, and then last year with the Cardinals, and this year with the a Athletics were. In Las Vegas, uh, a month in like change before the season ended, you could get Oakland to win the division at 150 to one. You know, it seems like there's always these bets. And for one time in my life, I'd love to just put like a hundred down on one of these huge prop bets. And of course, they don't hit very often. But 
just seems like, you know, last year, you remember the guy last $1,000 on the Cardinals to win yeah. the World Series when they were 10 and a half back. Well, in, and in and to, to win, obviously, the pennant and the World Series, yeah. Yeah. And they end up winning it all. Do you ever do you ever do any prop bets before any sports season starts? Uh, so somehow we had a, uh, a radio failure, but I think we're back. But, okay. Uh, um, I, do, you I don't ever, know why uh, do you ever prop bet at all, Druff? You know, I, I usually don't, but... Uh, you know when I, when that thing happened with the Cardinals last year, where that guy won all that money, I I can't say that I was ever believing in late August that the Cardinals were going to make the playoffs. But uh, it did kind of make me think, like hmm, maybe like in the late season, in the future, I should look for something like this, like what happened with Oakland this year. And, and when you start seeing a team gaining gaining momentum, if there's super long odds on them winning it all then put the money down. Because a lot of times the winner of the World Series is the hottest team at the moment and not necessarily the best team. So it's not like the NBA where it's very hard to unseat much better teams. In baseball it isn't if you're hot. So if you had a huge comeback at the end of the regular season to make an improbable run into the playoffs, often you stay hot through the playoffs and end up winning the whole thing. That's what the Cardinals did last year. So that's why it's it's just a matter really of making the playoffs. And then you've got a decent shot at the whole thing. And then of course if you if you don't want to chance losing your whole you know long odds bet, your long shot bet, then you can always uh, hedge it to guarantee right. yourself some good money anyway. So uh, anyway, um, I don't want to bore people too long with with baseball talk for those that aren't baseball fans. It's an interesting season for, for sure with a lot of these things and. Uh, um, well, let's get right to the juice of stuff then. Okay. Get right to the heart. You want to start off with a uh, boy, and the free roll has just started, by the way. So, yeah, I guess uh, there's still no late registration. But anyhow, uh, letter, huh? What do you think about this, Druff? It's absolutely crazy. Uh, it was said before he did these interviews that he is going to make an attempt to rebuild his image because his image apparently is important to him. It's Howard Letterer did not like the fact that he had become a poker villain. It wasn't enough for him that he, he got all this money he didn't deserve from Full Tilt. It, it wasn't enough for him to be rich. He he didn't like that his place in poker had fallen from being the poker professor down to a thief. So he really wanted to restore his reputation, and originally the plan was to have friends, including some who aren't really known to be friends of his, like, like Doyle Brunson, uh, just kind of start putting the word out that Howard Letterer is a decent guy, that he wasn't as guilty as you think he is, it was really Ray Batar's fault, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, to have kind of like friends behind the scenes who are respected in poker, to start putting the word out to give Letterer a break. But then he deviated from that plan and did these interviews, definitely which were designed to do nothing but restore his reputation. I don't think there's any kind of financial angle, I don't think there's any kind of legal angle. If anything, these would hurt him legally these you know usually when you're guilty of something the best course of action is to stay quiet uh these anything he says in these interviews could be used against him in court uh so he did this just for his reputation and he miscalculated big time how people would take it he really thought that by getting on there and uh taking 7 hours worth of questions and giving all the answers of I don't know I don't know but I don't know I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I- yeah, he somehow thought that was going to bring him back. Somehow people would say, oh, all right, now we understand. No problem. Now we see why you stayed quiet for a year and a half. But that's not what happened. People were pissed off. No one was fooled by it. 
He came out looking worse than he did before. But despite that, and despite the fact that he canceled his third interview that he was going to do with Diamond Flesh, he decided, well, all right, I've done it. I've done my interview. I, I've spoken. Now it's safe to return. I don't get it, but uh, there's a picture that was posted by actually by Crazy Mike, uh, Mike Thorpe, who plays uh, High Limit Poker live. Weird guy. We've had him on our previous radio show. I could probably get him on again. But uh, Crazy Mike loves to post pictures of who he's playing with. And he posted a picture of um, Howard playing in Bobby's room, which is the high-limit room, the the nosebleed room, kind of, at the Bellagio. And uh, he was playing at a table. Now, I couldn't see the whole table in the picture, but from Crazy Mike's vantage point, you could see Ilya Lesra, Doyle Brunson... Howard Letterer, and uh, I believe Nick Shulman in Bobby's room. Um, he's been there a lot. He has also been in uh, Ivy's room in the Aria. He's just playing poker again like nothing ever happened. And I wonder, what do these guys at the table... I know Doyle Brunson likes him, but what do the other guys think? What, what does Nick Shulman think? What does Elia Lesra think? I don't know if Elliot Lesra really pays that much attention, but what what about like Nick Shulman? He's got he's got to be aware of all this. He's got to have an opinion. He's a young guy. Well, you also have to wonder during the course of the last eighteen months since uh, you know Black Friday, uh, the level of communication that he's maintained with, I guess, what was once and still could have been the whole time, his close knit uh, close knit circle of friends. Meaning, just because you know he was able, that doesn't mean he hadn't been telling Howard and Ellie and just a lot of the other high stakes players slash friends of his his side of the story from the beginning, and that they just believe him that really he really uh, was not guilty of anything other than just uh, you know not paying closer attention, which is basically what he's claimed in all his interviews that you know and that he tried to be the savior and it was everybody else's fault. So who knows? They 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 may have been buying that story from the beginning. Yeah, I, I think it's possible that a lot of these friends like like Doyle or whoever else that uh the friends he kept um after this whole thing or had the whole time that they very quickly believed whatever he told them and and still believe him. It's easy to be blind to your friends' faults. If you really like someone you, you can have everything in your face that the person's guilty and still find a way to convince yourself that your friend is okay, that he didn't really do what he's being accused of. If he has some sort of, like, outside chance, semi-semi-semi-reasonable explanation. So I, I can see how that would happen. Uh, I'm just wondering, like, at the table, these couldn't all be his friends. Uh, like, like, what do people think? Does anyone say anything? Does is anyone... Uh, how do they treat him? If they don't confront him directly... Are they friendly with him? Because, you know, you sit at the table, especially with people you know. You know, you, you bullshit around with each other, you laugh, you joke, you know, even as you're trying to take each other's money. Uh, is this how they treat Howard? Is he, is he like, just one of the guys again? Or, or is he just kind of there and they're just kind of ignoring him? Now, this scene that's in this picture, Howard looks almost, like, depressed. He's kind of just sitting there with, like, a, a, a sad look on his face, kind of just looking very serious and somber. But this is just a shot, you know, this is just one shot at one moment. 
And you know what? That doesn't really mean much, even with that said, because if you remember just a lot of his television appearances on Poker After Dark and other shows, he always kind of had that just expressionless, expressionless look on his face. So, you know, he never really was, you know, someone that emoted well and was always smiling or just, you know, chippy like, you know, Negreanu was or, you know, other players, kind of like Ivy. And that to me, that he never really smiled much, just kind of kept like a sullen look to him. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I just wonder how he's being received in there. And a lot of people on 2 Plus 2 are calling for a boycott of poker rooms that allow Howard to play there. That's never going to happen. Uh, I, I don't think the poker rooms are ever going to get involved. And I and there's no way to get like a mass number of people to boycott a particular poker room for allowing Howard. It's just it's just too hard. There's just not enough people to follow that sort of thing. Right, and then what, what are you really going to do? I mean, then now you basically have every casino... Bo- if you do that... You have the Bellagio and, and, and the Aria, you know, which are pretty much the two highest limit, limit poker rooms in Las Vegas. There's already the, that mini failed grassroots efforts to boycott the Venetian because of Sheldon Adelson's stance on online poker. Where are we all going to be playing at? Treasure Island? I mean, you know, where are we, what are we, I mean, do you know what I mean? Maybe what we are you can play do? at the Orleans. Yeah right. right, right <laughs> yeah, so right. yeah, so this is never going to work. I, I can understand how people feel though, and it, it. I have to say, it would piss me off to, to walk in there and look and see Howard. You know, the like point this, is in, you know, and, and not like this is ever <clears throat> realistically going to happen, but just you know to debate it anyhow. Then where do you draw the line for people like Brad Booth that have admitted? And I'm just using him as as one of many examples of of scamming somebody. You know, is he allowed in a poker room? Is there a certain amount of money that you have to steal or scam? Or I mean, do you know what I'm saying? There, there really, there could never even be a code of ethics in play. And then how does it apply just to people that are well known? So you know, we can sit here and debate it, of course. But you're right. In theory, it will never, ever, ever happen. And it, you know, not only because it would take such a huge movement to get people to boycott it enough. You know, for the casinos to even care, uh, it, it, you know, it's like you said, it's a line that, that the casinos don't even want to touch. They don't want, you know, although legally they could, you know, as many people, uh, you know, probably know everyone you know that plays in Las Vegas or has been here long enough knows that in Las Vegas they have the right to ban you for for any reason, uh, as long as it's not anything that violates. You know, like, you know, any of the federal laws, such as, like, you know, racism, being handicapped. But if they just don't like you and don't want you there, they can ban you. And they can tell you you are not allowed here. So, you know, they ha- they are well within the law. So it's not a, from a legality standpoint, what, you know, why casinos wouldn't bar Howard Letter or even, say, Russ Hamilton when he was playing at Red Rock, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And, and, you know, quite openly, honestly. Uh, casinos have that right to just, if I walk into the area and for whatever reason, they just don't want me there. They can tell me you're not allowed here and, and trespass me and I have no legal recourse. So, but, uh, you know, beyond saying that it, it's, it's a waste of time. It's never, ever going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I kind of also wonder, you know, besides what you mentioned, like these guys being his friends and, and, you know, someone like Nick Shulman, for instance, who, it's a younger generation. Howard's the older generation. And, of course, Nick Shulman knows what, what Howard's been accused of and what's happened. You know, maybe it could be as simple as the fact that, you know, Howard is the fish in the game. And the, these games have dried up. You know, they're all, it's you know, basically Nick Shulman, David, Oppen, David Oppenheim, uh, Ellie, Doyle's. You know, it's the same cast of characters for the most part that always play together. Um, so I've always kind of assumed those guys are all basically just kind of swapping money back and forth. And, you know, 
maybe there's a dynamic that that you know Howard's a very nitty player, but everything that I've ever read and just been informed of from people that that play that high or played with him is that he's not really that good of a player. And and you know and, and these games, which are by the way, for those that don't know, they're mixed games, is what Druff has been referring to games uh, that, that from what I've read on Twitter. And other sites have been ranged from everywhere, for anywhere from like 400, 800, all the way up to like 1K, 2K, and some even a little bit higher. So you know these are big games, and and they're they're not no limit hold'em. They're they're mixed games. So you know how good is Howard Letter at Bedusi or Bedesi or No Limit Deuce to Seven? You know I would imagine he's he's probably a pretty big dog in those games. Yeah, I I thought about that too. I was wondering perhaps Howard is the fish in the game, and that's why they. Welcome him there, and and they say, look, we can either let someone like Howard in the game and uh, have the game be a lot better, or we could just it could just be among ourselves that the same people who are here every day and who are competent at every game, and it's just a matter of who runs better. Like uh, maybe maybe that's why they want him there, and maybe that's why they're not trying to force him out or be rude, or it could just be that he's friendly enough with enough people there that, uh, that there's no way there's going to be any kind of revolt against Howard at the table, or just. Some people just don't want to start up. They, they they want to concentrate on winning money, and don't want to start up with Howard and, and get into a whole argument. Uh, just they're just there to play poker and not be involved in uh, poker politics. And it, it's a lot harder to confront someone who just comes and sits down at a poker table quietly and doesn't cause any trouble, even if they've done shitty things in the past. It's a lot harder to just confront them out of nowhere than it is like if you're playing online poker or you, you see someone on a forum. There, it's very easy to sit at your computer and type whatever you want. Uh, at a poker table, and they're right there. Uh, no matter who they are, whether whether they're people who are physically imposing or not, it, it's just uh, it's harder to do. It's harder to start up with someone out of nowhere, and and a lot of times it's frowned upon if the table doesn't want to hear that sort of thing, even if you're right. So that that could be it too. That like someone like Nick Shulman just doesn't want to be the the guy to start everything up. So right. Uh, anyway, and, and and again, a lot of it you know could be attributed to. You know, who who really knows these days the players that are playing, especially when they get that high, like 1K, 2K, you know, et cetera, whose money they're playing with. And I think a lot of those guys, like you said, are just there to play. They're, I don't, I don't want to say nervous enough, but their mind is more occupied just on the stakes. And, you know, those games, I mean, they could kill you. You, know, yeah. you run bad. I don't care how much you have. You know, none of those guys, maybe, you know, Ellie, because of his business interests, you know, are really staked that you could just continually run bad in those huge games and keep playing. Yeah, I mean, that's, so, not, that's what's knocked uh, Barry Greenstein out of there. Exactly. Great, great point. Great he used point. to be there all the time, and then he ran bad, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe some people also got better than he was. I don't know what happened, but he went on a bad run there, and that was it. He was gone. Now he plays, uh, you know, 300, 600. Yep. So. Very and, good point. Anyway. But wait, let me ask you something. So, you know, before we finish this, and again, like everything we've talked about, although in theory – in a perfect world, it would be great. You know, we both can agree it's never going to happen. But let's just say, uh, you know, although the games that you play in aren't that high anymore, you know, and, and, and you obviously don't play a lot of live poker, but let's just say hypothetically you were at Commerce and there is an amazing 600, 1200 limit hold'em game going. Absolutely amazing game. Uh, you know, there are three three fish in the game and, and, you know, a couple just really tight players and just was a great game. And Howard Letterer wanders into your game and uh, sits down and plays. What would you do? Um, if he, uh, you're saying he like... He sits in your game. It's a great game. But again, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. 
You know, so it's not like you, know, you can sit there and joke around. You need to concentrate because, you know, you're, you're playing 600, 1200. Howard Letter sits there. Are you going to concentrate on your game and, and, and trying to beat these fish? Or are you going to engage with him? Or would you get up and just leave because he was in your game now? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know what I would do. Um, it's it, it would be tempting to say something. It would also be on my mind, maybe I don't want to start this here and stress myself out arguing with Howard while I'm playing a game that uh, is for very meaningful money and then kind of put myself on tilt uh, over this argument with Howard. Right. That, that's not going to really do anything other than just uh, you know cause trouble, but it's not going to get people's money back. Right? Like, I would probably think that, and, and you know maybe I wouldn't start. I, I don't know. That's why I, I can't say... But but at the same time, I wouldn't be joking around with him and acting like he's my friend. Like even if he he was friendly with me, I, I wouldn't be just like pretending nothing happened. I, I wouldn't treat him as like a regular guy at the table. Whether I would start up and uh, and be confrontational and and make that a topic of the table, I don't know. Have you ever know. played with him before? I, don't I have no recollection. I remember one time. <laughs> I remember one time. No, I can I tell you the one at a party. I, I can tell you the one time I remember Howard, and it was not at a party. <laughs> Uh, and, of course, he was an asshole to me. Uh, it was day two of the 2008 10K Limit Hold'em event at the World Series. And uh, I got a very tough table. And I didn't have that big of a stack. I wasn't super short stack, but I had below average chips coming into the second day. And um, I was getting dealt a lot of premium hands. I think I got dealt aces two or three times, and they got cracked every time. And um, I, I was down to just about nothing, and uh, and every time like I showed the aces or whatever, so people were aware I really had these hands, and I wasn't like overwhining. I wasn't like the Phil Hellmuth at the table. I was just kind of showing outward frustration that I was getting all these big hands and losing with them. So then I got uh, I forgot what happened, but I had some hand. I got I went all in pre-flop with uh, this is a limit event, but I, I was very short stack. Ended up all in pre-flops against Eric Lindgren and rivered him. I think it was like ace-king against kings and an ace at the river. Something like that. And, and I doubled up. And then right when that happened, Howard just out of nowhere says, Well, are you going to keep complaining now? Just, like, like why say that? It, it's, it's not like I was just running over the table all of a sudden and it was a chip leader. This is, I, I'd gotten decimated down to so little I had to go all in pre-flop in a limit game. And I, I I hit a three outer or something on the river, and and he has to make a snide comment like that when I've doubled up from tiny stacked to double tiny stacked. So I'm thinking, what an asshole! You know, why, why? And as I said, I was not making a spectacle of myself at the table. I wasn't going, oh my god, I'm so unlucky. Oh my god, this is terrible. I wasn't like that. I just kind of like. I, showed I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the good the kind folks at uh, of Quad Jacks uh, interviewed Howard right after that hand. Yeah, uh, th this is what he had to say about it. <laughs> that was for Asian Spa, by the way. That's his favorite segment on the show. Yes. Asian Spa, I think he'll stop listening to the show if we don't play that at least once. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, yeah, so Howard, that was my only experience with him, was, was just making that rude comment to me out of nowhere. And and I'd see, like, I, I what I don't like is when you have people at the table who are, like, bitching about running bad and then are actually running fairly well or... Or, you know, like, they 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 win six hands in a row and take one bad beat and go, oh, my God, look at that. How can that happen to me? That I can see making a comment to the guy. 
But when you see a guy get his aces clobbered like three times in a row and he's down to almost nothing and, you know, he hits the three-outer on the river, don't don't make a comment to him like that. I mean, it's just it's just like an, I just thought, like, this guy's an asshole. That, that's what I thought when he made this comment to me. And that was actually the same day, by the way, that I appeared on 60 Minutes. And it was, that was a really stressful day because I, uh, I not only was in the day two of this event at a tough table, a 10K event, but um, I, I also had to spend my dinner break rushing through the 60 Minutes interview to get it all done, including, like, all the preparation and everything else uh, in the dinner break. It was, it was a very tough thing. And uh, I actually... So, ba- I- so basically you got chatted by... Basically you got chatted by Howard Letter, then you went on 60 Minutes to talk about uh, the legality and issues about uh, the safety of online poker. Yeah, and I did make the comment, you never know how safe all the other sites are. People, like, people were making... Terrible comments about me on Two Plus Two. How can you say this? You know, poker stars at full tilt are such respectable companies. Well, one of them was. <laughs> the other one, uh, not so much. It looks like I was right. Like I, 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 I wasn't happy about what happened with full tilt, but I, I did feel I was vindicated with my words because I, I said uh, I, I was pretty much telling people without regulation, you don't know. E- even with these mm-hmm. big companies, uh, people can ask you, are these sites safe? And the only accurate answer is. At a party, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I, I think I just responded with something like, um, "We need to provide this customer a good answer." I- <laughs> so, uh, hey, I, I did not uh, have time yet to read his response. But did you read Daniel Granu's, or, or I, I guess I should say, view his video blog trashing letter? Yes, yes, uh, I did, and let's just get into talking that about that and uh, get to the other topics that I was going to go to next later. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about this right now since you brought it up. Uh, Dan and Negreanu, uh was gone. I guess he was uh, traveling the world playing various tournaments or whatever. So he was not able to immediately respond, which I'm sure was killing him. I'm sure he wanted to like just totally go off on Litterer after seeing those awful interviews, and, and he couldn't. Like He, he was just silenced. And um, finally he gets home, and I'm sure he like Im- immediately breaks out the webcam and makes a video blog for the first time in a long time. And spends over 20 minutes bashing Howard Letterer and, and uh, playing little clips from uh, other people who had been talking about Howard Letterer, including uh, Bill Reaney and, and, and a few other people. He even played a few clips from uh, Quad Jack. So let, let me play the one he, he put on his blog. <laughs> that was it. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, he really did have clips from uh, all those different uh, people, and and was giving his opinion himself, and was saying pretty much the same thing that all of us have been saying: that Howard contradicted himself, that uh, he claimed not to know things that he had to obviously have known. No point to repeat all that. Uh, he, but he really, really went after Letterer, and he did bring up one point that was not as. Um, that's unfortunate. I, I, where did that go? Damn it! I, I had a clip to play of his to get it back here. Wait, I think I have it. Hold on, here it is. This is a clip of Danny Negreanu. I thought I lost it. It's a clip of Negreanu talking about how Letterer had a chance at the very end of the interview to admit that he screwed up and try to get people sympathy at least that uh, you know he messed up. I'm only human. Here's what I did wrong. Sorry, everyone. And instead, went this really weird direction, saying that 
His mistake wasn't... His mistake was that he didn't assert his authority more. And this was what Negreanu had to say about that. And Matthew Parvis gave you, like, a clear opportunity to redeem yourself and just explain to the people what you did wrong and what you're guilty of. And you said, I mean, this is just laughable. You basically said, you know, looking back, I, um... Essentially, I wish I would have uh, imposed my will even more. As if your tunnel vision of keeping Ray on board didn't do enough damage, you think you should have imposed your will even more on the other owners and just not listened to anybody? You already weren't listening to everybody when you thought, you, you stood up there and you said, you know what? We need Ray and we need this Gil Coronado chump who's involved as well. That line of thinking is exactly what allowed Ray to be in power and what caused this whole mess in the first place. You didn't want to listen to people that are smarter than you, like Perry Friedman and John Juando who said, listen, um, yeah, Ray's incapable of doing this. You thought he was fine. That's the problem. This is where this all started. You and Chris, Ray was your guy. You stuck behind him the whole way. Go down with the ship. Admit some blame. Did you or did you not think that Ray was doing a good job running the company and could handle it? Were you not totally pro-Ray? Be honest. Ray was in charge because of you and because of Chris. So take some freaking blame. But taking blame is just not something you do. You absolutely take no blame whatsoever in seven hours of an interview on Letter of Files and then another three, four-hour interview on a podcast, never once do you really say, you know what, I messed up. I have you know what, uh, I just noticed something here. Totally unrelated to Howard, but you know how uh, Negranu is pissed at Mason and hates 2 plus 2 because of how they banned him? For, yes. Uh, um, did you notice he talked about how Howard Letterer wouldn't take blame in a seven-hour interview and then three or four hours on, quote, a podcast? He wouldn't even say the 2 plus 2 podcast. I think he didn't want to give them any publicity. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> but, that. But anyway, um, yeah, that, that uh, he, it was a good point he raised there, that uh, Howard was behind Ray Batar the whole way. Chris was behind Ray Batar the whole way. Howard supported Ray Batar staying in power, even after he fucked up royally. And... Uh, Negranu saying, "Look, if your mistake isn't impo- was impo- not imposing your will even more, it was the imposing of your will of what you did do that made things happen in the first place. Your your backing of Ray Batar the whole way. So what would have what would imposing your will even more have looked like? So uh, anyway, um, you know, Crow Diddley saying it's a Poker Star sponsored podcast, which is true. He's talking about the two plus two podcast. I I don't know." It is true that uh, Negranu represents Poker Stars, and they sponsor the Two Plus Two podcast. But it is true also Negranu hates Two Plus Two, and hates Mason. So I, I really think he was when he said a podcast. He kind of paused there before he said that, like, uh, and then three or four hours on a podcast, like like he was going to say the Two Plus Two podcast, and then he said, "Wait, I don't want to give Mason additional publicity." So. Uh, that was uh, that was Negranu talking about Letterer, and later in the same video blog, I'm not going to play it. He promised to respond to Haralabos Vulgaris for uh, what he uh, what he wrote, or not for but to what he wrote about Negranu. Because Haralabos wrote a blog trashing Negranu. For being a hypocrite. Remember when we were younger, people would just fight, like go to the playground and fight. Now everyone's, I'm going to respond on my blog. Well, you know what? <laughs> Stay tuned. I'm going to reblog your blog. It's kind of funny, just yeah, the way the world's just kind of, you know. Well, not only that, um, 
It seems like when you hear about bullying now in the news, it's it's always bullying yes, involving the internet. computer. It's always the computer bullying. It's a, it's not just like people follow you in the bathroom and beat you up. It's it's like they uh, they they go on the computer and talk trash about you. And that, that's the bullying in 2012. But uh, and, and anyway, Herlobos Vulgaris, who is said to have lost about a million dollars. I'm not even kidding. Like a million dollars to Eric Lindgren. When I say lost, I don't mean that uh, he legitimately lost it. It was that uh, Lindgren owed him this amount of money and is never going to pay. In fact, it would be shocking if he ever paid. And I did read the blog when it first came out, and I actually have it in front of me. I just don't want to take the time to read through it again. But was it insinuated that it wasn't even a gambling debt more along the lines of a loan that he rolled him for? Yeah, yeah. It was It was something like that. I, I don't remember exactly. So it wasn't even like that. When I, when I originally heard the comments and, and the numbers and, the, and read his tweets, I just assumed it was sports betting, specifically NBA, which, uh, you know, he's very well known to be, you know, a very good NBA handicapper. But as I read this, I was actually shocked that it seemed that it was, it was from what, what I guess, you know, categorized as a loan. And so it wasn't even, you know, a gambling debt. It was just he was kind enough to loan him money and he just basically defaulted on it, uh, is from my understanding of it, Todd. Yeah, yeah, and so um, he's very angry at Daniel Negreanu because Negreanu constantly calls out people like Lederer, as you just heard there, and Annie Duke and others that he doesn't like in the first place. But that uh, he's been very easy on his good friend Eric Lindgren. He's been friends with Lindgren for a long time. And uh, th- this is what uh, Haralbo says in his blog, uh, referring to Negreanu calling Eric a degenerate. He says, as an aside, the word degen has been used a lot in the poker and gambling world, and I think we're doing ourselves a disservice by, uh, by deifying people with, quote, a lot of gamble as being, quote, degen. There's nothing cool or admirable about gambling way over above your head if it means you have to borrow and stiff in order to do so. Eric the degen has, owned me, has owed me and countless others money for a number of years and never quite got around to settling these debts when the FTP money train was chugging, chugging along. I estimate that Eric received at least $12 million from the sale of some of his full tilt shares, as well as the monthly, distribu- monthly dividend distributions. And then he, uh, he, he when he found out about uh, this uh, money that Eric got, he said that he confronted Eric about it, and he first denied that he was... Uh, doing that and acted indignant when he's confronted. He said, I actually went to Howard and explained to him the situation. At that point, Eric begrudgingly paid off roughly 20% of what he owed me. That 20% payment represented less than 10% of what he actually received from selling his share. So I guess E-Dog there sold some of his uh, share of Full Tilt at some point. I remember and, hearing the rumors about that, but we never knew if they were true, but apparently I guess they were. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and that um, whatever he paid... Haralobos back was only 20% of what he owed him and and less than 10% of what he received from the sale. So he's a, he's saying, look, if you received all this money, you could easily pay me off with that money. Easily. And uh, you're only paying me 20%. What the hell? And, and only after I, I pressured you through Howard. So a- anyway, he, he wrote a long blog uh, really going off on Negranu and comparing him to a dog. He said, uh, in addition, Daniel is very loyal to his friends, and I admire that quality. In fact, I think that everyone deserves a doggedly loyal friend like Daniel. Mine is named Coltrane, and he posted a picture of a dog. 
So he's trying to say that that uh, Daniel is like a loyal dog that can't think for himself and uh, will always love you and back you no matter what you do wrong. And uh, he even uh, went after Daniel for trying to claim that uh, when Lindgren received that $2 million loan that he shouldn't have gotten when he got double loaned money, that uh, receiving it and keeping it was not fraud or theft, that it was just fine to do that, and that uh, he was mad at Daniel for, for saying that too. Which is, of course, a joke. You know, when, when, when someone says, hey, I'm loaning you $2 million, and then you accidentally get $4 million and they don't realize it, and you keep it and don't tell them, you're, you're stealing from them, even if uh, they don't realize it. So, uh, especially for that type of that type of money, it's crazy. So, um, Daniel claims he's going to respond next week. And I look forward to watching that video blog. Because I, I wonder what Daniel's going to say. He's really been sidestepping the Lindgren thing. He he responds when forced to. But he doesn't like talking about it. And I can understand that. If you've got a really good friend who's screwed up to the level that Eric Lindgren did, do you really want to just like go out there and trash them because everyone expects you to? Everyone says you should because otherwise you're a hypocrite. You're really left in a bad spot where you've either got to trash your friend in public or look like a hypocrite for not trashing your friend as much as you trash your enemies. So I can kind of get where Daniel's coming from, but at the same time, he kind of put himself in this position when he has friends like Lindgren, and, and then he wants to trash people like Annie Duke and, and whatever. So I I, I just got a, a message from uh, Dave Learman, who really wants to come on. He, he thought we were, uh, were forgetting about him. He says, uh, WTF, I thought I was doing your show. <laughs> he thought uh, Dave Lehrman thinks that uh, we are forgetting about him, but he's on the agenda. I mentioned him on the agenda, and and we can call him now. Because I I don't know. Maybe maybe he has to go to sleep, or uh, maybe he feels he's at his well, best. You know, one thing I could add to this, and and I can't uh, obviously reveal my sources, but I, I know that it is true that uh, sometime in in the last month or so. Uh, Eric Lindgren did enter a treatment facility to deal with some of the issues that he has. Was it for um, gambling issues? or, or like Yes, a, okay. yes, ga- gambling, yes. Uh, I don't know what the status is. In fact, I don't even know if, if you know he's back home. or. But I do know 100% uh, it is factual that he seeking treatment in an uh, inpatient facility about a month ago. Wow, a month ago. I didn't know that reason. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that's not going to get anyone paid back, but uh... and I and I and again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know him, you know, I have friends that have had dealings with him, but I don't know him personally, uh, but you know, of course, it makes you question the motives, uh, you know, because he's declaring bankruptcy and the world's against him, and you know, uh, it could be just a ploy in itself, just to be able to again, like, like almost like Howard, just to be accepted back in the poker world, but. Guess time will only tell. Yeah, he may have been pressured by Erica, his wife, to go into that too. I mean, I'm sure she's very aware of the problem. That's got to be a tough situation. I mean, have a newborn child and just you know, just I'm sure she didn't sign up for any of that. You know, I, no, I'm, no, she went from one degen to another. She's like, oh, I'm so glad I got away from Benjamin and his degenerate <laughs> habits. I'm good. with yeah. a stable guy like Lindgren. Oh crap! 
<laughs> think if you're if you're Erica Schoenberg, you're like, how did I let this happen? I got like two of the biggest degenerate gamblers in poker, one after the other. Like like you couldn't do much worse as far as uh, you know if you're trying you to know, avoid degenerates. Like, like I don't know if this means anything, uh, but recently I was at the Las Vegas Library and I saw Erica reading a book on Punto Banco. So I don't know. <laughs> All right, let, let's give uh, Learman a call here and uh, see what he has to say, see what stories he can tell us, and then we'll get back to some poker talk. I think there'll be a good break from the, uh, the poker discussion. Some people have complained recently we talk too much about poker now, so I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to make a poker show too much about poker. That just wouldn't be right. Right. So, so let's, uh, let's put on Dave Learman here. Okay. So, Jeff, how was your little uh, East Coast jaunt? Was it enjoyable? Yeah, it was enjoyable. It was a little bit difficult because we have a two-year-old with us. But, uh, I can't believe he's already two. Hello? Dave, hello. Dave Lerman, the talk show, the legendary I talk show. I have a big scoop for you guys. Uh, just let me uh, turn the... I'm watching Sons of Anarchy, one of my favorite shows. Let me turn the TV off, okay. and I'll be right back, okay? Okay, I'll, I'll introduce you while I've you're turning the TV off. a scoop for you. Okay. So this is Dave Lerman, the talk show character actor, who's been on tons of talk shows playing a bunch of different parts and just lying his ass off on TV and getting paid for it. So, uh, just, just a... Thank you for your patience. A, a testament to... I, I'm introducing you here. Uh, a testament to how phony the uh, the whole uh, talk show industry really is. And, and someone who's very big in the uh, the Hollywood uh, community back in the 80s and 90s and, and has a lot of great stories. So, you said you have a, a story for us here tonight. Uh, what would you like to tell us? Um, I'd like to talk about the Hulk Hogan sex tape. The Hulk Hogan sex tape, okay. What do you have to say about that? Well, I know for a fact, and it's interesting enough, um, you know, I deal in celebrity gossip, which, you know, much like the stocks, it's, it's, it's a trading game. And this is the biggest mockery of putting a sex tape out there like Kim Kardashian did, Paris Hilton did it. Uh, Hulk Hogan, his real name is Terry Bolle, he worked with a radio host and uh, the radio host is uh, Todd Clem, who's known as Bubba the Love Sponge. And they leaked a sex tape prior to Hulk Hogan's autobiography being released prior to Hulk Hogan appearing on this TNA Bound for Glory pay-per-view. And Hulk Hogan, with his lawyers, went on TMZ and everything, and he is filing a $100 million lawsuit Wow! against Heather Clem and Todd Clem, Todd Clem, who is Bubba the Love Sponge. And this is, in my opinion, the greatest publicity scam in the history of publicity scams because I, I happen to be friends with a lot of wrestlers. And if you go to my Facebook page, and if you're listening, it's D A V E dot L-E-R-M-A-N, Dave Lerman, and you look at the wrestling album, 
on my Facebook page, you see I'm an insider. And this, to me, is, is just... And, and the way the media is covering it, when we have, you know, presidential debates, and they're all over it. Barbara Walters is talking about it on a view. So, so wait a minute. I'm just I'm trying to get something down. clear here. Uh, do you, are you saying that uh, this was done on purpose? But that now he's yeah. suing. But now he's suing the people who released it for a, for a hundred million dollars. I mean, it's it's bad enough. I I heard of another lawsuit that was commenced recently for. One million dollars. So you're telling me that uh, a lawsuit is uh, for a uh, hundred times that is being done from by uh, Hulk Hogan about the sex tape. Yeah, but but these uh, these guys are actually they're all in on it. The people he's suing are in on the whole thing. Yep. Interesting. Hundred percent. And 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 Todd, you know my history. Uh, I back it up with my credentials. It is. It is. In my opinion, the most brilliant marketing scam ever. Ever? Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Well, yeah, I wouldn't go that far either. But I mean, uh, <laughs> I, when, when, when you look at, you know, you know where I, I have a friend who produces the Bubba the Love Sponge radio program, and I'm a huge fan of radio. So my friend Brett, who works on the Bubba the Love Sponge show said to me, off the record, <laughs> they have masterminded, and <laughs> to me, in this climate of media frenzy and paparazzi, um, I can't compare it to anything other than just brilliant because it coincided with A, the release of his book, B, his appearance on pay-per-view this Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, uh, and it's just, it, it worked brilliantly, and, and, and what defies my imagination, and, and Todd can back me up on this, um, we are both fans of good radio, and Bubba the Love Sponge has gone on and exploited this, and, and Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea has exploited this to the point where, guess what? His book, Hulk Hogan's biography, where he hasn't been relevant in the past decade, is a number one bestseller on the New York Times bestseller list. And I, I, I can honestly say... Guess what? It was because of this sex tape. You know what? Maybe and I was, should maybe I should release awesome a sex tape. Move. Maybe I should release a sex tape of me, uh, and and maybe this show will get uh, better ratings. Maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> you, you, you know, if, if 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 I thought releasing a sex tape of me with someone, you know, because I have a ton of celebrity contacts, uh, I I did I I went uh, uh, not to digress, but Saturday night. Guess where I was? Uh, I Getting blown by one of the Jacksons in a porta potty. Uh, no, that was a long time ago. I was at Madonna's <laughs> daughter's 16th birthday party. Hmm. Now, how was? How did that happen? 
Who but invited I, you to that? Did you get invited by Madonna directly or by somebody who knew Madonna? I, well, uh, if, if, if you go to my web page, uh, my Facebook page, you'll see that uh, I actually was the former roommate of Madonna's brother, Martin, who was the co-host of my TV show when I was a teenager. So um, I am very good friends with the publicist, Liz Rosenberg. So Madonna was playing at the MGM Grand. And I had made a call, and I went to the concert, and Liz had left me backstage passes. And I went backstage, um, and I never thought in my I, – I'd never met Madonna's daughter, uh, Lourdes. I never thought it would lead to an invitation to this party at – it's called the Top of the World Restaurant – at the stratosphere? stratosphere, yeah. The stratosphere. So, yeah. so uh, you didn't get mugged on the way over to the stratosphere, did you? No. no, no okay, no. that's that's not the best area over there. So, so now I, I hope that the next part of the story is not going to be you in a bathroom stall with a sixteen-year-old daughter. That would be uh, disturbing. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I, um, I, well, it, it does involve some vomiting. It does involve some vomiting. So they have these three thrill rides at the stratosphere, where you're. I don't know, Todd, you, you probably know. What's it, like 80 stories up at the top of the world? I think like 108 or something, isn't that, Brandon? It's close to that, yeah. Yeah, so we're up there, and Lourdes, and she's going on, the, they, they have three rides. One where they kind of dip you over the tip of the stratosphere. Yeah. And you're in this roller coaster car, and you're like literally hanging over Vegas, right? And she does, uh, what's that? No, I didn't say anything. Go on. No. Uh, so she does all three. And, and me, I do this one. Uh, there, there's three rides. Uh, one is a free fall thing where they actually shoot you up even four stories higher than the stratosphere. It's like... Uh, like a parachute. Trip, yeah, it's called, it's, isn't it called right? the big shot, the one where he goes up and down really fast? Right, right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I actually, you know what's, what's funny? The, does all three of these, and I, I'm, I'm there with my friend, Michael Pollock, and I go on the one where they shoot you right off the ledge, and you're on this roller coaster car, and you're hanging over the Vegas Strip, I get off there, I hurl everywhere. You know, I am just... So, so wait, did you going. did you hurl on uh, Lourdes? No, no, no. Oh, that no. would have been a better story. I, okay. I hurled in front of Madonna, which makes it so awesome. You know, it's like... I, I wait, 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 wait. You, you, hurled, you, you, you yeah, vomited yeah, on Madonna? I, I, I threw up in front of Madonna. It, was it in front I of Madonna or on Madonna? That great story. Well, hold on, hold on. Was it in front of Madonna or on Madonna? In front of Madonna. Okay, okay. Luckily, it didn't get on Madonna. No, I would say unluckily. Um, and I, by, I, the way, by the way, Madonna looks great. Um, I am going to... What was her reaction you. What was her reaction when you vomited in front of her? <laughs> Shock and awe. Shock and awe. As all I can say. Did, and and did, all I wanted to do was leave, but my friend who I was there with, you know, he's like, hey, let's say... And we actually... Uh, stayed for like four more hours, um, and you know everybody had seen me vomit 
in front of Madonna, and this will go on to be one of the great Dave Lehrman stories in the history of when, Dave Lehrman. When you, when, you, I, when you vomited in front of Madonna, was she repulsed in a British or English oh, or she, American no, she, she, yeah, No, she was, she was repulsed in a way where security literally pulled her away because it was such a horrific scene. Yeah, did she go, oh, my you word, know, well, well I never. It, it, was, it was a magic moment because here I am, projectile vomiting in front of Madonna while her daughter, Lourdes, is still on the ride. And, wow, and my friend Michael, as we, as we went home in, in, in the town car, he's saying to me, Dave Lerman, you continue to eclipse yourself. I watched you vomit not only in front of Madonna, but while her daughter was on the same ride, and her daughter, her 16-year-old daughter didn't vomit, but you got so sick, and yet you kept eating. <laughs> so, so, so it was just—it was very that, funny. Because you know, it would have been better if you if you got right. off the ride and you, you started to vomit, and you actually were like doing the Vogue as you were vomiting. <laughs> I think that would have been the best. Dave, she, she went, oh, like the Vogue, the whole vomit stuff. What other uh, celebrities were up at that their stratosphere? Anybody uh, famous? No, or notable? Yeah, um, well, uh, you know, here in Vegas, you know, you, you've got your perennials. You know, Robin Leach was up there. Um, Chris Angel, uh, Jack Nicholson. Um, and I, you know, it, it was um, a, a pretty tight crowd. Um, I think a lot of people went to see Madonna in Los Angeles. So, you know, the concert there at the MGM um, was not very celebrity heavy. But, I mean, the coolest thing was, you know, the fact that it was her daughter's 16th birthday. And, you know... Here, here am I. I. I've known her for many, many years, and uh, it it was it it was a party to be remembered, and it was as recent as this past weekend. And that's why I wanted to share it with Todd and you guys. Yeah, that was good. Actually, uh, Jack Nicholson. I, I actually have a, a, a comment from him. That uh, that I found uh, him talking about uh, what was really going on up there and and how it looked when you were vomiting in front of Madonna. You can't handle the truth. That was what he had to say about that. <laughs> so, okay, um, okay. Well, Dave, uh, that that's, <laughs> that's a great story. You know what? I one of these days. You're gonna to have to take me to one of these things, one of these uh, celebrity parties you go to, so I, I can witness this stuff firsthand. Or bring your boy Scaler with him just for the shit. Yeah, and bring Ken Scaler too. Like, can you imagine like like Ken Scaler and this guy together? Jesus. Yeah. So when people say that you have strange friends, Todd. I don't. I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a great story there, Dave. That you, see, this guy. This guy's constantly getting into so many odd situations and. Uh, it's so many uh, funny stories. And uh, now, now, Dave, you ha you have a book that uh, is going to come out uh, at some point in the near future, right? Uh oh. And I think we lost him about twenty minutes oh, ago. Oh, jeez. Actually, I'm still sh showing him connected to Skype. No, no, he's gone. The whole thing's gone. Let me. That, that's whole a, thing's gone. Whole thing's just just falling <laughs> apart. Falling apart. Let me let me let me reconnect him on here. That was unfair. I was wondering why he went so. He's never been that quiet before. <laughs> I knew I knew there was a reason why he was letting me talk so long. <laughs> 
Okay, let me let me bring him back here. All right, just one moment. That's that's ring number one. I have to go through like a whole thing to connect him on here too. It's not even simple. I have to like make two calls to get him on here. Don't don't even ask me to explain. No, I'm not going to. Josh, I learned a long time ago not to question anything you do because I won't understand it anyhow. Okay, so it's, it's at, at first when he told us that he went to Madonna's daughter's birthday party, I thought it was going to be a creepy story. But that just, you know what I mean? It sounded yeah, kind of no, weird. Yeah, no, it was just about vomiting. Yeah, sorry about that. Somehow we hey, lost. What happened? I, I don't know. You just uh, the Skype minutes were out, but we had to PayPal more credits. We're good now. Yeah, yeah. Not a problem. I'm back on. So, so, so uh, Dave Lerman, Celebrity Insider. Thank you. So, uh, so Dave, so, Trump was talking about you have a book coming out. I, I do. Um, actually, uh, it'll be, uh, I hope, uh, January 1st, uh, within that month, uh, the rights uh, return to me. And please, you know, go to my Facebook page. It's D-A-V-E dot L-E-R-M-A-N. And what the book is, it's very simple. It's all my pictures with celebrities, and I've updated it to include my most recent exploits. Um, and do you, do you have pictures of, of you vomiting in like front of Madonna? Like the Jackson story, like the Madonna vomiting story. Now, I think you were disconnected when this was asked, but Todd was wondering, uh, is the book uh-huh. already gone to press? Is it too late for him to maybe have a, a, a very late chapter, maybe like chapter 27 or 28 on winning limits? Okay, you know, you know, uh, all right, I, well, I have to ask you this. Okay, Todd, may I, may I be quite open about where you play into my life. Uh-oh. I, I don't know if I want to hear this, but uh, go ahead. I I don't know what you're going to say here. Jory's uh, edited in our chest. Well, I did, um, I did amend one chapter, and uh, <laughs> that chapter involved a story about Andrew Dice Clay when I had come to Vegas with $15,000 and paid off Andrew Dice Clay's marker and... Todd will tell you this story. It, it, it involved a hooker. Um, but we turned the $15,000 into $66,000. And I had the opportunity, and it was the greatest opportunity in my life to watch Todd do what he does best and play poker. And, yes, I have amended that chapter because I didn't wow. think, I did not think anything could eclipse turning $15,000 into $66,000. And you're going to have to buy the book to um, hear the story. But Todd can attest, $225,000. That's close to a quarter of a million dollars. I sat next to Todd and watched him play poker and watched him turn a minimal investment into $225,000. And watching him, it was like if I could have been in on watching Picasso paint, watching Todd play poker for six hours. And, yeah, um, I I have um, added Todd to... Well, as, as well as Todd, how much is know, being embellished here for the for the book? <laughs> the well, no, actually, the, the the real amount nothing. I won was one million dollars. 
Dave, I, I'm sure you're aware we have a uh, interactive chat, and one of our okay. long-time uh, listeners... Yeah, you know, shoot me some questions. Ain't yeah, it, okay, well, the first one's kind of going to be a, a hardball here, but uh, no pun intended. The question he wants to know is, uh, has Dave... Well, basically, I'll read you his comments. It's more of a comment than a question, but he says, I bet Dave has sucked some cock at the odd party or two. I yeah I've never I've never sucked a dick in my life. Okay, fair. Never now 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 to mm -hmm. give that that caller or comment credit. Which, how, how I have been involved how, with how, I, I have been involved in a three way that involves okay. another dick. Uh oh. Yes, but how I've never it? sucked a cock in my life. How is it? Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know, in 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 full disclosure, let me say this, and and this is in my book. One of the CEOs of Google is my best friend from college. Uh, and I'll actually, you know, I'll throw it out there because it's true. Mm -hmm. um, Bradley Horowitz is a CEO at Google. And Bradley Horowitz was the guy when I was in high school who actually hooked me up with the girl I lost my virginity to. And after I had lost my virginity to her, um, and I think I might have told this to Todd during that six hours, uh, the girl, Julie Burke, who I'd lost my virginity to, um, later we were at University of Michigan, um, and I was involved in a three-way with um, this guy, Brad Horowitz, from Google with that girl, Julie Burke. So now, now if, I, if, know, I were to, I, if I were to I, Google I, this, I would I find it? My book and, and yeah, so, okay. you know, I came close, but I never sucked a dick. Todd, okay. this is interesting. How is it the first time that the word cocker dick is mentioned on this very show? Simultaneously, one step, one step enters the chat. I, Does he have he, a pager or something? Uh, <laughs> he feels a disturbance in the force, and That's he comes. That's great radio. I mean, uh, look, Brandon. You yeah, know, buddy. If you could have been there if you could have been there during those, those six hours. Um, and, and, you know, Todd will attest to this. Uh, my life has been incredible. And, and I, I'm so happy. And what broke up the monotony, and I don't know, well, I do know, you are a poker player. But when, when you're playing poker, you know, a lot of people, you know, use iPods and, you know, they have different distractions. But I sat right next to my friend, Todd. And I, I told him all these stories that are in my book, um, and the smile on his face, priceless. Yeah, they, they priceless. were they were very entertaining. This then this is a uh, uh, an email that uh, that he got actually from the publisher of the book that that's uh, that's kind of setting Dave free to uh, to release his book on his own. Uh, and they, on, they, on the first of the month. Um, 2013. Yeah, they yeah, said they sure. said uh, um, I am officially noticing you uh, notifying you of cancellation of our agreement to distribute your book an e-ticket ride. This name of the book effective December 31st, 2012. I am also notifying you we will not be paying you a single penny more than what we have paid you. That this is the publisher to Dave here. That that is our right and obligation as publishers. I am sorry that you could not use this relationship to try to mainstream your book, but we are not an outlet for gossip. This could have worked if you had made a real effort. The rap on you when I tried this was you would always push the rules and standards. I thought you had changed and we could count on you. I was wrong. It's the same old, same old. 
So that's uh, they. Uh, so so as of January first, yeah, and, uh, Dave... and, and, and I, I want to comment on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I was so glad to tell the Latoya Jackson story, which is in my book on, on your show, you know, previously, and to share with you this. And again, you know, put it out to your listeners, put it out to the internet. I am more than happy to discuss anything. Um, I'm an open book, and. You know, when someone says, hey, we're not going to publish you because of all this gossip, oh, really? We're living in a society where Kim Kardashian and Snooki are more on the radar than the elections? I mean, really, Brandon, uh, I, I think what I'm talking about is a lot more relevant. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, th thank you, Dave. We're, we're going to, uh, we have and, a and lot Dave, of. Dave, is there a chance uh, when this book comes out? We can get an autographed copy and give it to one of the winners of our weekly... Uh, I, I, here, I'm, I'm going to make this deal. I'm going to make, make this deal with you right now, okay? Yes. Come January 1st, 2013, you, Todd, will have 100 copies of an e-ticket ride wow. to give out to your listeners. They're not Tommy Burgers. Okay, they're not Tommy Burgers. <laughs> they're, they're 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 not some furniture store that you never heard of. You will have at least a hundred copies, hard copies, of my book on e-ticket ride, and I will personally guarantee you in the foreword to the book, I'm going to personally thank both you and Todd. Well, that's and that's... this. This internet radio show. That, that that's very How's much that? appreciated. Well, okay, th thank awesome. you, thank you, Dave, and uh, yeah, we will call you again next week. Last week we didn't call you because yeah. there was there was no show, but there will be a show again next week, hey, and we'll but, call but, you. Uh, let me ask you this: I heard there was a horse derby in Atlantic City where uh, somebody I know had a stake in it, and uh, their little boy, right, had a horse named after him. Actually, race, 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 race. Yes. Correct? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I've talked about this that, on my forum. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'll talk about that later in the show. But yeah, there was a, a horse race named after my son. That is true. That just went off on uh, that, that, on October seventh. Todd, man, I I so applaud you for that. That child, when he grows up and looks back on it, wow. Uh, and Todd is not only a great poker player; he's a great parent. Oh, thanks. So I will leave you on that note. <laughs> And I will talk to you next Tuesday. And All right, Dave. look, if any listeners have any questions or anything, they have my Facebook page. Please, thank you for letting me share my adventures. All right. Thank you for being on, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye-bye. So that was Dave Learman, uh, one of our new characters on our show here, and uh, always brings some interesting stories to the table. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it seems like the... The chat likes him. Seems like the listener response has been positive, so we'll, we'll keep uh, having him on here. And uh, <laughs> some people in the chat room are afraid that Google's going to come after the site and shut us down. But you know what could even you know what would be worse than Google coming after me legally would be Google putting me in the penalty box and not letting this site like show up. That, that would be this site actually. No, actually Google... I think them coming after you legally would be worse, actually. No, maybe. Okay, so, so yeah, well, uh, this day is best. Wait, so the the third guy or whatever the Horowitz character, did he say that was one of his best friends? 
He was saying that was his, his one of his best friends in, in like high school or college or something, and that uh, this guy guy I think it was from high school, and this guy introduced uh-huh. him to the girl that he lost his virginity to, and then somehow later this led to a, a threesome between them. Uh, but I'm saying, is, is he still on good terms with the Google guy that could tear us all apart? Uh, he didn't mention that yeah, either way. That's the important thing to know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, that, that would have been a good question, actually. Yes. So anyway, um, so there you go. Uh, he barfed in front of Madonna and Madonna's daughter, and uh, Jack Nicholson may have seen, and uh, a lot of the wacky stuff. About that, like someone like Madonna, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be kind of cool, but like throwing your daughter. What do you think about throwing your kid's sixteenth birthday party on top of the stratosphere? Uh I don't. I don't know. It's, um, you know, Madonna in general. You know, she. She ha- just looks really weird these days with the way she's worked out and and, and uh, she kind of looks like someone who has all muscle and no fat on their body anymore, not in a good way. Kind of like like there's just fat missing. It's just like all muscle and nothing else. It just looks odd to me. Maybe it's her age and that her body shouldn't be looking that way when she's that age. But something just doesn't look right about her body to me. How, how do you feel? Uh, you know what? I haven't seen a lot of pictures of her recently nor videos um someone i think twittered a picture of her ass that i guess she had showed at, at a concert recently and it kind of looked bony um but you know i, I have to google some pictures i really have not seen her uh in a number of years so i really can't uh, make make a comment on it. but i'm sure do you think what it's plastic surgery or her diet or no i, I think you... she's just like overworking out or something i don't know what the hell she's doing but something looks just weird about her body like uh it just doesn't look it just doesn't look right like it looks like uh like whatever regimen she's doing would have looked good on her when she's like 30 but but now that she now that she's pictures. over 50 it just doesn't look right are you a Madonna fan in, in terms of her music, Jeff? Uh, not really, but uh, here, I have yeah. a call. I think it's from One Step here. I'll, I'll put him on the phone. Uh, hello, caller. Hey, guys. Uh, are you going to call the Schwartz or can I go to sleep? <laughs> uh, I don't know if any Schwartz, but I, if I had to guess, I think you're referring to the <laughs> the lovely woman who may have scammed Ken Scaler. Are you waiting for that call? No, Iceman. No, 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 Iceman. No, no, no. 100% Iceman. Yeah, Iceman is number one. Oh, yeah, the Iceman. Okay, okay. I kind of forgot about the Iceman. But yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's up to Brandon. I, I don't know if uh, the Iceman will even take the call tonight. Uh, it's kind of a okay, thing Brandon so, manages. So Brandon, Brandon can, you, can you call within 10, 15 minutes? How about... Uh, you know, the Iceman segments usually are, are better, or at least in terms of the more likelihood of him picking up when I've spoke with him in advance. Um, as everyone knows, he's followed these podcasts for years and years knows it really is always a win-win situation anyhow um, because even if he doesn't answer but you know what one step I'm feeling generous uh, I'll do this for you I'll call the Iceman again there's no guarantee he's going to pick up would you like to speak with him yourself <laughs> okay, would you yes, like, yes, you like yes. a one, once in a lifetime opportunity to interview the Iceman yes okay well you know what let's yes. see uh Let's see what the, what you're made of, kid. If he answers the phone, I'm you, gonna ask him what he thinks. Yeah, I'll, I'll need his phone number here, and uh, you're gonna. You, yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. And one step, you're gonna be from the uh, Gay Rights Monthly magazine or something. Who are you gonna be representing? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. Uh, his well, who are you gonna be? Who, what company are you representing? One step. That's the first thing. You have to come up with who you are. 
You know, this would really be like okay, the one I, step, like Make a Wish Foundation. I got it. Okay. I got it. I'm starting a new. I'm starting a new. I'm starting a new poker site. It's called NNP NNP Poker. Uh, it's the known. It's the known niggers poker league. Uh, and that's that's where we get no no Schwartz poker NSP. Here we go NSP no uh, Schwartz poker. I don't think that call is going to go over very well. There's a number. Don't don't mention my name or or Todd's name. Okay, it's all you. You get okay. you can interview him. I mean, most likely won't answer, but uh, there's a number. In the Skype. Let's see what you got, One Step. All right, this is your one shot, One Step. We're, yeah. we're, ma we're making yeah. dreams come true here. Well, you know, listen, no, but Brandon, if, if he doesn't pick up, there's obviously no reason for me to leave a message. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. we're not. We're not. We're not going to leave a message. But it's a win win, now we get to well, hear, get to hear his outgoing message. That's the big yeah. thing. That's why I like calling. Yeah. Okay, I'm muting myself. Godspeed. Yeah, me too. Please leave your message for. Yeah, please leave a message. <laughs> sorry. Oh wait a minute! It says sorry. So apparently his voicemail is full. Mailbox is full. His okay. mailbox is full, so you can't even leave a message for. Please leave a message. That, that, that means he's not leaving. That means he's losing this week. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Sorry, that's the worst. I, I I wanted to leave a message for. Please leave a message. We can't even wait, do did that. Hang up on please, or did it just say please? And that was it. No, no, no. It, it's it said, please leave a message for please. Yeah, please leave a message, and then it said sorry, and then I hung up. Oh, okay. Was, I'm sure it was going to say sorry. The mailbox. Was yeah, that's. What, I'm sure that's what I was saying. That's why I hung up. I, I, I was. Uh, okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Anyway, so, want, I mean, you can call Raymond Davis. He's really the only other black <laughs> poker player that I have in my phone. All right. One okay, step. Okay. Uh, one step. We'll try it again uh, next week. Hell of an effort, really. All right. Appreciate it. Thank All right. You. Good All job. Right. One step. Yeah, well, it's actually a good job by him. Took some initiative and... Yeah, well, the, you know, uh, he's trying. He's trying to get a uh, a business started. He's he's trying to make something of himself. He's, Absolutely. He's, he's trying to become a caterer. So, you know, Are we who... talking about One Step or uh, Iceman? No, 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 One Step. Maybe okay. Iceman, too. So, okay. uh, now, we talked briefly when you were giving the outline of the show earlier about Durr and Isildur signing as... Uh, Poker pros, is there a lot more to talk about in regards to that, or it, well, I mean, a little bit. Uh, do you remember when Durr was uh, going on about how you can trust Full Tilt, everyone's get their money back? Uh, he'll he'll even pay he people made, back. He even made that promise afterwards that uh, he was going to give up everything he'd ever received if uh, Full Tilt did not make good on repaying everybody. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, I guess that Poker Stars doesn't really care that that he came out like that now. Durr was not responsible for any of the money being stolen from Full Tilt. You know, he had nothing to do with that. Uh, he did receive some of the money he probably shouldn't have, but that wasn't his fault. That was just distributed mm -hmm. to him, and he thought that was he thought that money was rightfully his. So I'm not saying Durr is a thief or a scammer in any way, because he's not. But uh, uh, he did come out publicly in their defense without really having the information on it. And like, I I thought it was so funny turning on like CNN and seeing Durr commenting on the situation like he knew anything. And and I, I thought that uh, I remember he was even making comments about the legal matters. And I actually made a comment at the time that taking legal advice from Durr is like taking battle, batting tips from Michael Jordan. 
Like, like, why do they have him on here uh, saying those sorts of things? If he, if he actually had some information from the inside of Full Tilt, then that's great, but he didn't. He was giving his opinion on things that he knew nothing about and came off as, like, he was an insider who knew. And, and it got a lot of people pissed off when, when the truth came out and when it became very clear that Full Tilt was not really going to be paying anyone. And had it not been for poker stars saving the day, nobody would get their money. And, and it would be done. And, and Durr would look like a fool. And w- whether he would have actually paid people, I don't know. But that's uh, the, the point really is that um, I was a little surprised at that signing because he was so vocal at one point in defense of Full Tilt and, and claiming things that just weren't true, even if he believed them to be true at the time. I don't think he was lying. But I, I just... I thought that poker stars would have distanced themselves more from people on uh, who were involved in some way with the whole debacle at Full Tilt. Meaning, no FTP Doug managing the poker room, no Durr as one of the pros right away. Like, I, like I thought Gus Hansen was fine, because he, he, he was very removed from the whole thing. And even, uh, even Howard Lederer had something good to say about him. And his role in the whole thing, like like everybody was uh... right, but from a marketing standpoint, surely you can understand how you know, two of the youngest, you know, when I say hottest, and I mean just in terms of you know their popularity, young guns and all of poker would would be smart, you know, again from a marketing standpoint, in terms of aligning them with with their new brand. I mean, right? I mean, I don't, I I couldn't think of. Two other online pros that I would rather represent, you know, if I owned a site that I was trying to, you know, get people excited about the play on again, then, you know, then, then possibly both of those guys, if not one of them. I mean, again, you know, and also along the lines of those, that was a site where those huge matches took place, you know, the biggest pots, uh, I think it was actually Isildur and uh, Antonius, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I think from a marketing standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. I don't think. There's going to be, you know, especially since Isildur never had any real direct affiliation with with uh, Full Tilt. You know, he was affiliated with Poker Stars, and uh, for everything that went down, there's not really any dirt or anything that tarnishes Tom Dwan at all. Um, so I, I think, from a marketing standpoint, it, it, it's it's I don't know if I want to use the term brilliant, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, I, I can understand that. And, uh, you know, poker stars, they, they're usually pretty smart with things. So uh, I, I don't know how many of their own people are actively managing Full Tilt, the new Full Tilt, and the day-to-day operations. But uh, yeah, poker stars has a history of, of making very good decisions, uh, business decisions. So well, I, I, let me let me ask you, if, if you were the uh, – although I guess it, it's going to be run as – Two separate entities, although you know Poker Stars done, does own it. But say you were the CEO or, or the head of worldwide marketing, just off the top of your head, what what name a couple poker figures that you could see yourself wanting to go after to represent the new rebranded Full Tilt? Hmm. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it, it is really hard. Is. Yeah, it is hard. Now that you think, now that you mention it, <laughs> there's there's so many people representing uh, Full Tilts already. Or, or representing poker stars, right? But those guys are basically clean, or I should yeah. say, basically those guys are clean. So I don't know, and and you know, I, I guess uh, you know, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that's a good way because you know, they still there's still a lot of interest in Europe and 
in Asia and you know other places that obviously you know are going to license full tilt poker to see those two play. You know, a lot of people want to mimic him a lot of, or mimic both of them a lot to a lot of youngsters and people, you know, even in their 30s and 40s, those guys are like heroes. Just, you know, the stakes they play, the way they they have accomplished so much at such a young age, especially someone like Durr, yeah, who, right. you know, just for a while, and of course, like everybody else, you know, he's cooled off, but for a while, you know, he was, in many people's eyes, right on pace to, you know, surpass Ivy just to be the, the most dominant poker player, you know, ever. I mean, there's a lot of talk about that, and, you know, of course, you know, with with online poker leaving the U.S. and just the fact that Dirt chose to concentrate more in cash games and tournaments, uh, you know, never really uh, materialized to that. But you know, even you, and no one's going to deny that uh, Dirt has a, an uncanny talent. Probably in terms of online poker, I, I don't know. You know, I think it's probably him, like Isildur and, and uh, Zygmunt. I can't really think of a lot of other players that I would. Uh, you know, back in the day that, 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 you know, when I was young and looked up to a lot of the, the online players that I'd want to watch now that I find even interesting to watch. I mean, I know you're a limit hold'em player, but still, when those matches were going on back in the day, did you ever watch any of those uh, PLO matches where, like, it was commonplace to see quarter-million-dollar pots every 10, 30 minutes? Yeah, it was unbelievable, the, the gamble that was going on there with, with them. Yeah. And... uh yeah, you know, uh, Durr, some people don't realize that Durr actually kind of started off in this forum community on NeverWinPoker.com. And, and he was just a regular user over there. Like, like you know, the people who listen to this show, he was just like one of us. And uh, I'll never forget, and you, you, people think I'm making this up sometimes, but uh, uh, way before Durr was actually big, um, I was at some karaoke bar. I think it was like at uh, the Imperial Palace or something. And this guy approaches me, and he says that uh, he's really honored to meet Dan Druff, and he's he's really wanted to meet Dan Druff, and it was Durr. <laughs> Durr was actually honored to meet me, and this is before he was big or, or well known or anything like that. Uh, so uh, he really just came out of nowhere and actually threw our community, and and you know once he got big, he uh, he never came back. <laughs> he he uh, he posts occasionally on Two Plus Two, but he's kind of left his forum life behind. Uh, but um, the thing, the thing that always I always laugh about Todd when I think about it is Durr had one of the best World Series, uh, you know, in terms of profit-wise, and that that one could ever have. Uh, but what, what's the kicker? He didn't win a bracelet. No, he was 19 years old. <laughs> when he was 19 years old, he staked a number of players. Oh, that's what you're that talking about. Up, okay. That ended up. It was reported he won upwards of close to two million dollars. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I didn't and, even know that somehow. Yes, and and he did not. Uh, he he obviously did not. You know, was too young and did not even play in any of uh, uh, you know the events. But uh, that, that that I remember, Wicked Chops and other poker sites reporting him. You know, walking up and down the halls of the Rio and uh, just there were you know people were open. Actually, he was open about the players that he was staking. If anyone really wants to go back. It, it is very interesting that he made that much money. And he, yeah, you know, wow. He was 19 years old, but you can go back and Google it and you can read all about it. You know, but, I, uh, I heard that uh, he and Ivy have won a lot of money in Macau. That's where there's this, these huge cash games and uh, just some really big whales over there who just have huge money and these games are just gigantic. And and I heard Durr is, is doing really well over there as is Ivy, which may be where Ivy's getting the money from to gamble. And let's, let's 
move on to that topic, actually, that uh, um, Phil Ivey won $11 million at uh, Britain's oldest casino in, in a, playing a game called Punto Banco. And uh, he, he was with a mysterious female companion who was Asian. He apparently has yellow fever. But uh, he was accompanied by a, quote, beautiful oriental woman, <laughs> according to uh, uh, someone reporting on the situation. This was at uh, Crockford's, uh, which is a... Now, Jeff, before you go on, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, as As much as I've read and researched, just so... I guess to alleviate any confusion, uh, Punto Punto Banco basically, or not basically, Punto Banco is just another name for Baccarat. That is my understanding. I've done some, I've done some research. I've googled it. I, I've read the rules of both games, and from what I can tell, in Europe, that is just the name that it's called. It, it is just the same rules. Everything is the same as the Vegas version, or I should just say the American version of Baccarat. Uh, yeah, do you know yeah. otherwise, or if, unless anyone in the chat has? Any I know it's similar. Yeah, maybe, maybe the chat can chime in. The the but every yeah everything I've researched indicates it's, it's baccarat. Yeah, the the so point I'm not of the sure game. Why it's being called this so much uh, in the in the states? Yeah, it's uh, you're you're betting that either the hand held by the player or the banker uh, uh, will be a nine or closest to nine, and then you can make a bet of, of if they tie also, and and then uh, tens and picture cards. Uh, um, count as zero. So like seven plus three would be zero, or ten plus four would be zero. Would be four. So you just right. you, so so uh, you you just knock off the first digits and, and leave the last one basically. So uh, so anyway, it, I guess the reason people like it is with with every new card that comes out, uh, it, it changes the situation greatly and it, it leads to a lot of excitement and. Um, it's dealt from a shoe, and I, I guess Ivy was betting huge over there. And here, here's some interesting parts of the story, though. So they denied him the winnings because uh, he won so much. He won 7.3 million pounds, which is about 11 million dollars. And they thought that uh, so first they made an excuse not to pay him. They said that they they couldn't wire him the money. They can't just like hand him 11 million cash. Uh, they said that he said he wanted the money wired to his bank account. I guess they can hand it to him, but they they he, he didn't, why would he want that anyhow? Yeah, he doesn't want eleven million dollars cash. So they said he said wire it to my bank account. They said we can't do it because it's a bank holiday. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, it's, it's a bank holiday, but um, uh, we can do it on on Tuesday. So he left the club, and this was just a stall. They told him this crap about the bank holiday. Uh, they began an investigation, and were trying to figure out if if he cheated it anyway. If, if some sort of collusion or something going on that uh, allowed him to, to make that type of money. And um, they couldn't find anything. They couldn't find any proof that there was anything wrong with the cards or any, anything anything at all going on. They looked at the videos, they, they still could not find it. But what's interesting is that there were some complaints about Ivy from the casino that he's known as a hit-and-run gambler, that if he wins big right away, he walks away. They don't like that. So he actually had to assure the pit bosses at Crockford's that he would play for a serious amount of time, and he put one million pounds into the casino's bank. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is that 
the reason why, and there's nothing illegal or wrong about hitting or running. In fact, you know, I advise people, you know, as I'm sure you would too, Todd, when you do play, if you get up a significant amount of money, you know, in a short amount of time, whether it's two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, stop playing. Because eventually the math is just going to, you know, most likely eat you alive and you're going to lose. But from what I read, the reason why it was negotiated in terms of how many hours he would put in per session was that he wanted them to allow he wanted them to allow uh, an increase in stakes in which he could play per hand. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, the normal yes. was. So normally there's not, you know, just so people understand, normally there's not, uh, you know, any kind of promise you have to give a casino, I'm going to play. You know, I think they wanted like four hours, you know, each day or whatever it was. They wanted a certain amount of hours. But that was only because they were going to hence agree to raise the stakes to I think 100000 a hand or, or even maybe a quarter million, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's what it, he wanted the stakes raised, and uh, they, they, yeah, he wanted it to go up to uh, uh, one fifty thousand pounds per hand, which I, I guess is around two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. And and they didn't want to do it, but they they agreed. You know, they said, "Hey, you're a hit and runner. If you're going to do this, and you're just going to win a few hands and ditch us." Uh, the interesting thing is they wanted to make him agree to play this amount of time, even though no matter how few hands he plays. The odds are still in their favor. They should still encourage it, but they they were doing this for variance control, where he was playing for so much money. They didn't want that. They wanted to have more of an assurance that they're going to eventually come back and beat him. That the the odds will uh, finally work themselves out, and that that uh, variance will take hold, and uh, and, and bring him back down to, uh, if, if he starts off hot. And uh, th- that's why they did it. That that's why they were afraid of him being a hit and runner. Right. And, and, and just actually, I have, since I have the numbers in front of here, I, I'll just tell you, the uh, player bet, there's there's two choices that you could bet. You could, uh, of course, as Druff mentioned, bet the tie, but that has really no bearing on the player banker. You're just betting that both the player and banker have the same final uh, number. But if you bet the player in Baccarat, uh, the house edge is 1.24%, and the banker bet is 1.06. Now, if you just continually bet the banker, Okay, for an infinite number of hands, you will win way more than you can lose because of the fact that the banker rules differ on when the banker hits, depending on the two cards that the banker is dealt, as well as what the player has. So because of this, to offset this, when you bet on the banker in Baccarat or uh, Punto Banco, there is a 5% commission on every winning hand uh, that you bet on the banker. And... After that is considered, it lowers the house edge to 1.06%. So uh, it is one of the lowest, uh, you know, household games in, in terms of Bakker. In fact, like I said, if it wasn't for the commission in it, you know, you, the game would be on, you know, you'd be able to beat it by strictly playing the bank continually. But uh, anyhow, like you said, it, it, you know, even though they do have an edge, you know, you're right in the sense that that casinos do implement. Uh, agreements like that in terms of how many hours they want because the edge is so low that somebody could easily come in there with enough money and bet, you know, four or five, six hands at 250000 a pop, just get lucky and, and walk out of there, you know, with, with, you know, a couple million dollars. So, yeah. So, uh, hasn't been decided yet. He still does not have his, his money yet. And, uh, I, I think he'll eventually get it, and it's, it's an old and respected casino. It's, it's been around forever. It's, it's, it's been around for 184 years, this casino. So uh, they they only gave him back what he put in at the moment. He was only able to 
uh, take out what he bought in for the million pounds, but his winnings are, are held up at the moment. So that's uh, that's the story with with Ivy there. Uh, I don't know where he got the money to bet this kind of uh, you know, still be betting this big after all this time, and maybe he's winning enough in Macau to still uh, support it. I thought I thought once the full tilt gravy train was derailed, that uh, he might even be busto and have to get staked by people, but uh, apparently not. So um, let's talk about uh, a bit here the Venetian and uh, what they're doing. Um, a, a lot of people who don't play in Vegas, don't play live or whatever, they, they, they don't really understand the way it works with casino chips. They just think uh, casino chips are, are equal to money. And uh, you can trade them just like money. And, uh, you know, if you're holding a casino chip that says $5,000, then you're automatically entitled to $5,000. And it doesn't work that way. It... Uh, there's a lot of times you can end up getting screwed and um, not end up getting the money that is coming to you. There was a story with uh, Nolan Dalla, who I know uh, Brandon knows fairly well. And uh, he, unfortunately, uh, about five years ago, someone gave him a $5,000 MGM chip as payment of some debt. And Nolan brought it into the MGM and they said... Uh, Hey, well, you know, how do you get this $5,000 chip? And he said, oh, you know, this guy gave it to me. He owed me money. They said, oh, all right, thank you. And they confiscated the chip. Because it's illegal to accept casino chips as payment for debts. You, you can only cash in your own chips. You can't give it to someone else. And if you admit you got your chip from someone else or they have evidence that you did, they can take it away from you and, and not pay you and not pay anyone. So um, this happened to a user on 2 plus 2 named Dynasty, who, who's pretty well known and respected there. Um, he had uh, two $500 chips and um, she did not want to, uh, to uh, he went to the, the poker area and uh, and basically they, they didn't want to give him the money. They, they wanted his uh, they wanted to look at his photo ID and uh, they had they they wanted to scrutinize it, and uh, she wanted to see his player card. She was just really uh, checking him out just for two five hundred dollar chips. This was it's not like he brought in a hundred thousand bucks there. It's two five hundred dollar chips. So um, the chips were still sitting on the counter while she was still like looking into this whole thing. So he got nervous. He got nervous. They're going to confiscate them. And these were legitimate chips. This guy got. It's not. He you know he plays there a lot. This is not someone who just uh, like he, he didn't get these from someone else or find them or anything. So he there's no reason that these should be confiscated from him. Anyway, he grabbed them back, and the cashier said, uh, "Sir, can you give me your chips back?" He said, "Absolutely not. I'm not giving you my chips back until I know what's going on here." And uh, so she said, the casino is changing out the older chips and replacing them with new ones. So uh, he he just said, you know, I, I'm just going to go to the main cage. So he went to the main cage there. And uh, he said he was sent over from the poker room. And again, they said, I want to see a player's card and photo ID. He gave them. And then someone in management came over to supervise what was going on. And then she got on the phone to get approval. And he's going, what the hell? This is This is for $1,000. A big casino like Venetian. So finally, after a lot of discussion, um, they they asked him for the chips, and he said, "Look, I, I'm afraid to give you the chips at this point. 
I, I don't want to hand them over to you unless you promise me you're going to give me the cash for it right now. So they said, yeah, yeah, we checked you out, you'll get the cash. So he handed over the chips, they gave him the cash, and, and he asked why why was he put through all this? He said, you know, what, what's going on here? There's got to be something going on. It can't just be uh, you know, standard changing chips out. And they, they stuck to the story. They all said they're changing out old chips, replacing them with new ones, like casinos do every so often. Um, he claims he heard a rumor that there was a robbery there at the Venetian at a high-stakes Baccarat game. Not Punto Banco, but Baccarat. And that they're trying to keep this quiet, not to scare players. And uh, he gave some advice that uh, don't ever give your chips to them if they're ever acting suspicious unless they assure you they're paying you immediately. So here's the advice I'll give you guys. If you, if anyone listening to this show is holding chips that are $500 value or more, and, and by the way, it's just not a good idea to hold high-value chips unless you really have to because of matters like this. You never know when crap like this is going to go down and you have to prove to them that they should pay you. You should always give cash. That's my opinion. You shouldn't. A lot of people like stocking up on a lot of chips because they're easier to deal with the big chips than than dealing with you know like a lot of hundred dollar bills. I never felt that way because you never know when they're going to change chips and and uh, or, or accuse you of something and then not want to cash in your money. Uh, bef- before I, I go on with this though, I, I'm getting a call. Looks like from outside the country. I'm curious what this is. Call you're on the air. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Who is this? Hey, how you doing? This is uh, Driscoll. Drisco, uh, okay. I have a similar story. I have a similar story about the uh, the chip uh, changing process. Something happened to me last year. Um... Hello, you here? Yeah, sorry, I, I had to shut my radio off. Oh, right. By the way, are you in? Um, uh, are you in another in... country? Or are you uh, in the U.S.? I'm in the U.S. Okay, this is coming in funny. Okay, I see. I see. I, I can kind of see a U.S. number out of this. It just looked funny because there was no. Uh... I'm, on, I'm calling you on Skype. It's, it's probably generating from California. Oh, okay, it is, yeah. All right, so, so yeah, go ahead and uh, what is your story with, yeah. with uh, chips? Well, it, it, was, it was kind of a small denomination, too. $1,000 chip. Um, the, the Hard Rock uh, Casino in um, Hollywood, Florida. Last year, WPT events going on there, and uh, a friend of mine um, was playing in the event, and uh, he, he owed me a couple dollars for some, for some other sports stuff, so he's actually playing in the event. I go to meet him, and he's, he's sitting down at a table, and he gives me a $1,000 chip. No, you know, no big deal. So I take it to the cage, and uh, immediately, like, a switch went off. They start asking me all kinds of questions. Where would you get this chip from? You know, what, and I'm like, <laughs> I just told him the truth. I, you know, I, I said, listen, Uh-oh. I said, uh, my buddy, he's, he's playing in the, uh, in the ballroom right now. He, he just gave it to me. Um, you know, he, and he, he's, he played blackjack there all the time, so it wasn't a big deal. But uh, I later found out that uh, – um, a couple weeks prior, um, someone had uh, ripped off a, uh, a uh, an actual a box and uh, got a, fa- a, a lot of uh, $1,000 chips. It was unbelievable. Immediately, like, four security people showed up, and I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, this is a $1,000 chip, and uh, <laughs> it was just unbelievable. So did they pay you? But They did. They did. They Why, did. you're lucky, and, uh, because they, they could have they confiscated him. I'm, I'm like, listen, he's playing at table seven in the, in the ballroom. So they went and, and talked to him and verified that uh, – that uh, you know, he gave me a chip, and it was yeah, it wasn't an issue. But uh, for a while there, it looked pretty. Uh, I was like, what the hell is going on? I mean, you got lucky because a lot of these times they find any excuse they can 
to yeah, steal oh, a yeah. chip from you. And uh, and if they can hide behind the law and say, well, law says you can't accept chips as payment, so uh, since you've said that this chip came from this other guy, the reason they may have done this is since he was still in the room, he may have had the right at that point, if they confiscated it, to come forward and say, well, it's my chip, give it back to me. In which case they wouldn't right. really end up he, making he any money. He literally handed me, you know, five, six. I I went from the poker room to the cage immediately. You know, that, that's probably why they allowed it because uh, he was there too, and he probably could have claimed it anyway. So th- there was no real point to take it from you because obviously your next step would have been to go to him and say, "Hey, go to them and get it back." But uh, I was wondering what happened in like a circumstance. I, ha- I had a friend that um, actually still does bodyguard for uh, uh, for Mayweather, and I know uh, Mayweather and Maloof were playing. Um, Blackjack, uh, like a year a year ago, you know, high stakes blackjack. They had a really good night, and he said that um, they yeah. moved through him a, a five k chip from uh, Mandalay. Poker um, Dan, is that you? No, oh, sorry, I'm back. I'm sorry. No, no, no it's not Poker Who are we speaking? <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to go. I had to go get some water. Hi, this is Brandon Drexel Gerson. Hi. How are you doing, Drexel? I used to listen to you guys all the time on the uh, the, the the former show. But yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Who 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 are you, sir? Hello, Parker? you still there? Did I, did I ruin it? I, I think we're. I think we lost him. I, I don't know what happened. He, I think he's having some phone. Yeah, we lost him. He's having some phone problems. He's, okay. He is gone. Uh, but he he was telling us that he he uh, when he went to cash in a thousand dollar chip at the Hollywood some casino in Hollywood, Florida, that they you know that he got from someone else. They asked him where you get it from. He admitted the truth that he got it from someone else. They ended up letting him do it, but they brought down all these security guards because they had recently been robbed, and uh, they were very concerned. But once he proved it hmm. really came from a guy that was actually still in the poker room, they actually let him cash it. But uh, anyway, um, let, let me give you guys the advice, and, and of course, Brandon, you chime in here if you disagree with any of this or if you have any other comments uh, about uh, the advice I'm giving. Uh, th- this is what I would suggest if you want to cash in Venetian chips with denominations of $500 or higher. Uh, number one, bring photo ID. Uh, now, they are going to probably track your cash out in some way, but but if it's less than 10 k don't worry. They'll, they'll, they'll probably write it down or something, but it, they're probably not going to inform the IRS in any way unless it's over 10 k and then they will make you fill, fill actually, out Actually, by law, they can't. Yeah. All, all that, all that, just so people actually understand, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the law, I'll just let people know. If you cash out for anything over $5,000 in a casino, they have to, by law, internally record it. And the only reason why is because in a 24-hour period, and that's called a CTR, uh, in a 24-hour period, if you cash out in any variety of ways, meaning uh, sports betting, uh, slots, table games, over 10000 in a 24-hour reporting period, which most casinos are from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. the following day, they have to then, by law, uh, fill out a report and, and send it to the IRS. And then you will get uh, a, a notice from the IRS in, in terms of that being, in, in their eyes, income. So there's a number of ways to avoid that. Uh, but just so people do know, and you could always ask. By law, they have to tell you what they're reporting uh, cycle is in, in terms of the hours, but most casinos on the strip generally are from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. But uh, anything under 10,000, you'll never have to worry about. You'll never have to fill out taxes. It will never be reported, and that's by law. They're, they're, they they do not submit it. But anything 
above 10,000, they will. Yeah, and by, so, by the way, it is technically against the law to purposely structure your transactions to where it doesn't break 10,000. So if you show up uh, with, with a big thing of chips and, uh, and then you count them out and see you have 10,300 worth of chips and, and then you pull back four black chips to make it 9,900 and take that in cash... Um, while you can do that, and then, you know, nothing's going to happen to you right on the spot, that's technically illegal, and they're actually supposed to report you to the IRS for attempting to structure transactions that uh, will avoid filling out those CTR forms. So, so uh, if you're doing things like that, be careful that you're not obvious about it. Is all I can say. And uh, the other thing is, if if you are ever going to gamble at those stakes where there's a possibility that you can win in excess of ten thousand, I would suggest that you do play at the higher-end casinos, such as the Wynn. Uh, normally, I'd say the Venetian, but obviously not right now. Any of the higher-end, uh, you know, Bellagio or MGM Grand properties, because they're, they're, it's very commonplace, especially on the weekends, where people will cash out large amounts of money. So most likely, you would go, go unnoticed. But at any local places or small casinos, even places on the Strip like Treasure Island or Riviera, if you win that kind of money, they know who you are. And believe me, when you get off that table, whether you think you're pocketing you know, $500 chips and they don't notice, believe me, they know. And they know exactly how much you leave with. So make no, make no mistake about it. You cannot fool them. Yeah. Um, so, yes, and as Druff said, that is against the law. Uh, so you know, so the best thing to really always do, if you're going to gamble that those kind of stakes, stay away from small properties that are going to track you very, very well, where you know you're going to be the big player there in a, in a very small pond. Uh, you know, give your action to somewhere, you know, one of the upper casinos where, uh, although they they will notice it, you know, somewhere like at the Bellagio on a Friday, Saturday night, somebody betting five hundred or even a thousand dollars a hand at blackjack isn't going to get much notice because there's a lot of you know a lot of higher action. Uh, going on, you know, that that they're more concerned about. Yeah. So so anyway, back to the Venetian here, and that's good advice Brandon just gave, by the way. Um, back to the Venetian. So bring your photo ID. Uh, be aware, of course, about the CTR requirements we just talked about. Bring your Players Club card if you have one. Uh, again, you're not required to have a Players Club card, but uh, it will reduce suspicion on their part. And in this case, where they're already so suspicious to begin with, it, it's better to do whatever you need to do to make them less suspicious. Uh, but there is never a requirement to have a player's club card to, to gamble or cash out, but but why make it harder on yourself in, in these type of spots? Uh, number three, uh, go to the main cage. And this is, this is right now. I'm not talking about in general. I'm saying right now with the problems they're having in Venetian. I'm only talking about Venetian right now. And if you have chips of $500 denomination or higher. Go to the main cage and just be honest with them. Tell them you've heard that there's some problems with these chips right now, with cashing them in. And, and tell them exactly what you have. Let's say you have $2,000 worth of chips. Say, I've got $2,000 worth of chips here. I've got four or $500 chips. Um, I've heard from some of my friends that, that have been cashing out chips here that, that uh, they get a really hard time and that they uh, um, there's a lot of suspicion. Uh, I got these legitimately. Uh, I played here at such and such times. Uh, what do I have to do to get that money right now? And um, tell them, you know, you'll cooperate, whatever they want you to do, but, uh, but you want to get the money right now. You don't want to have them hold or confiscated or held or confiscated or anything like that. If they can't guarantee that, don't give them the chips. Ask for a manager. Don't surrender the chips until you get that promise. Now, now make sure you have a general knowledge. This is number four here. Make sure to have a general knowledge of how you got the chips. Uh, they'll probably ask you where you were, when, when you got the chips, how you got them. Don't ever admit you got them from anyone else. Don't ever say that, or else they're gone. 
Even if it's true, don't admit this. Then just make up some story where you got them that they can't really verify either way. But uh, don't ever admit to that. Always claim all the chips are yours. And and uh, and try to tell them as much as you can that they could verify that will make you come off as legitimate because you probably are legitimate. You know, I'm not giving these advice to thieves on how to get away with uh, cheating the Venetian. I'm saying that if these are your chips that you legitimately won um, or that you have. They, they're not stolen. Uh, in my opinion, you should be able to cash them out, and and this is how you do it. So so just uh, if you play to the Venetian, say on October sixth uh, at night. Tell them, hey, I played uh, 510 No Limit uh, on October 6th at night. And then they can go back and look at the cameras if they still have that and, and look that up. Or if you used the player's card while you were there, then they can see it. Just Whatever you can tell them to make yourself sound legitimate as you're cashing it out, things they can verify, it'll make it easier on you. And once they see that, they'll say, okay, yeah, you play, we, did, we see he played uh, 510 No Limit at uh, 7 o'clock at night on October 6th. Like he says, okay, this guy's legit. Here, give him his $2,000. If you still have trouble... Find out from the management what you need to do in order to cash them. If they say, nah, you know, we're, we're kind of still suspicious or we got to still look into some things, don't just hand them the chips and say, okay, well, let me know. Say, look, uh, I, I want to know what I have to do. I, I don't feel comfortable just giving the chips and letting you guys hold them. What do I have to do to prove myself and I'll do it? And, and get that answer from them. Pin them down on an answer of what you need to do to get that cash right now because that's what you've always expected when you've gotten these chips. Uh that, that those would be my that my advice, and just in general, my advice with playing at any casino is don't chip up. Uh, you know, if it becomes really burdensome, I'm I'm not saying to walk around with uh, with racks of one dollar chips because you're afraid to chip up. I'm saying that uh, don't chip up to five thousand dollar chips wherever you play. Uh, like at Bellagio, I never get five thousand dollar chips. People try to sell them to me, give them to me, I say no way. Trade them with me, no. I only want $1,000 chips or lower at Bellagio. Because I noticed at Bellagio, $5,000 chips, they give me a hard time. $1,000 chips, they, they just take very easily. I, I These are not stolen chips. I haven't done anything wrong. But I don't want to be hassled. So I stick to $1,000 chips at Bellagio. At Venetian, that that wouldn't work right now because they, uh, they're they panicking about the 500 and then the $1,000 chips. But those are the old chips they're, they're worried about. But still... Um, don't become obsessed with chipping up. It may feel cool to hold a $5,000 chip, $25,000 chip. Don't. It'll be a, a headache for you later. So uh, keep them as small as you can within reason. And, and Brandon, you have anything to add? Yes. The, the last thing, uh, actually there are two things I want to add. And at the end of all that, if everything that Druff has advised you to do still does not work, uh, many people don't realize you have the right. If you feel like You've been wronged by a casino, whether it's a decision in a game or something like this in terms of not being paid chips, to call the gaming board. And this has happened. Uh, you know, when I worked in the casino several times, and usually they'll be on the property within 35 or 45 minutes to an hour. I've never seen them take longer than that. They're always uh, gaming officials in Las Vegas. Uh, for, for that very reason, uh, you know, when people are barred from casinos for for any time, any kind of theft is is you know done at a casino. Gaming needs to be uh, contacted, whether it's employees or customers. So if you ever have a problem and, and all other avenues have been exhausted and you feel as if you've been wrong, insist that they call gaming and they have to by law. And uh, gaming will then come, and and that will you know that that and in most cases, if you throw that gaming card at them and explain that you know you're right, 
that you know your rights and that, that, that you know that they have to contact gaming on your behalf and that you're going to sit there and wait for gaming to come. A lot of casinos don't want, you know, to involve gaming, uh, you know, don't don't want the press just realizing that they, in many cases, may just to get you out of their hair unless they're, they feel adamantly that you did something wrong and they'll end up paying you. But again, if you ever feel wrong by a casino and you know that, that, that you know, like I said, whether it's uh, a decision and, you know, blackjack, you know, sometimes things will happen where, uh, you know, you, you, I don't know, uh, a dealer didn't see that you had money out and, and, and you know, or sometimes they'll misread a blackjack and, and take your money, before, you know, ahead of time. I mean, there are various things that happen that, that people disagree with casinos and sometimes casinos make bad rulings, pit bosses make bad rulings, take it to the highest level and of the casino, meaning, you know, shift boss, the, the casino manager, and if you're still not satisfied, again, you have the right to always call gaming and have them come in and whatever ruling gaming makes obviously supersedes any ruling that the casino uh, has given you. So that's also something to keep in mind. And the last thing I want to add, I, I did a couple searches before the show, and I, I did read about this on uh, another site, uh, you know, in regards to, the, to what happened at the Venetian. And I, I tend to believe, you know, and again, this is just my theory, that they're either concerned about people laundering money with their chips or their story, which which is that that they've been giving people that they're just changing out chips and, and this is, you know, they just want to track everything is, is accurate because if, you know, first off, if there was a crime that was committed, even if, you know, if there was a crime committed by a, a customer or just someone that came in that, that stole money from a Baccarat table, uh, they'd have to file a police report. Uh, you know, something like that where so many people would know customers that there's no way that they're, the Venetian is paying off the Las Vegas Police Department to not publish it. Something would have been published. If someone came in there and smashed and grabbed, like it happened at the Bellagio a couple of times, it's happened at uh, Orleans, the Gold Coast, it happened at the Rio last year, you would have read about it. There would be some news article, police report, some documentation of it occurring. Uh, more like, most like, oh, and also, excuse me, in a Baccarat table, especially a big Baccarat table, there's usually only going to be a small amount of $500 chips in play. Uh, the majority of the chips in play are going to be 1000 5000 and higher. And when I say small amount, I, I mean relatively small in relation to the game or the stakes of the game. They may be 30000 40000 at most in terms of $500 chips at a Baccarat table. So even hypothetically, if somebody went and you know just smashed a game that was closed that had the rack already up, or robbed a live game of all their $500 chips, you're talking about a $30,000, $40,000 at most loss. And it would cost, it cost the casinos, I mean, I can't even speculate, 10, 15, 100 times more than that to take all those chips out of play, uh, the, the publicity that they're dealing with, and to, to, re, you know, to reprint or remake new chips. So I tend to not believe that story either. Um, so, you know, that's just my take, but I, I find it very odd. There's been a lot of thefts in Las Vegas while I've lived here, and I've never heard of any theft being unreported. Uh, so I find it very odd. There's nothing in the newspaper. There's nothing on Google. There's, there's nothing in the news to indicate that the Venetian was robbed uh, in any way. So yeah, That's a good point that uh, if we haven't heard about it in the press, then it probably uh, it's a good chance it just didn't happen. And 
It could be some yeah. other reason for this. And you know what I'm saying? Normally when that does happen, the casinos will just eat it. I mean, why are they really going to worry about $30,000 in, in $500 chips? And like I said, the cost and, and just PR and dealing with people with, with this you know, way circumvent uh, whatever they're going to get it, back It is from. true that, that, that turning people off like this to play, and you think people who hold $500 chips are, are ones who are the higher rollers they'd rather have there. Uh, why would they do that? Here, let's take, let's take a call. I was about to make a call out, but let's let's. Uh, okay. Let, let's take what did a call you think out. of uh, the premise of what I sent you? You like it? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, well, we're going to be making a, a prank call here. A call you're on the air. Drove. Yes. Yo, it's Wolf. Yeah, hello. This is Raw Wolf, the the guy who uh, donated some to the uh, the fund for repaying the Templar. So we appreciate that. Now, Raw Wolf, uh, before we begin here. Uh, I need you to make a decision. Um, I don't know if you followed this, but Jay Searles 22 made a bet with Vegas 1369 and, and welched on the bet, in, in most people's opinion. Um, I'm not yeah. going to rehash that whole story. If you want, you can read it on my site, but or maybe you already have. But uh, Jay Searles is owed some money. He's the Templar scam Jay Searles for, for $75. Um, what I decided to do is let the people who donated to this fund decide who gets the money. Between should I forward the part that was scammed? You know, should I forward the money directly to Vegas 1369 because uh, Jay Searles uh, welched on a bet with him, or should I say I'm not getting involved in this and just send it to Jay Searles, who probably will never pay Vegas 1369. So um, I'm leaving it up to each person who donated. I already got an answer from Jacep, who uh, chose to forward it to uh, Vegas 1369. But uh, since you donated... Yeah, so see, I can't do that. Now, here's the thing. Vegas 1369 has always hated me. I mean, the guy's trolled the shit out of me since the first day I got on the site. He's black cock-bombed every thread ever. I mean, just sick. Dude hates me. That has nothing to do with this, because... I agreed to pay off the Templar's debt. So the Templar's debt is not owed or in any way misconstrued to go to 1369. So I'm not I'm not the judge, I'm not the jury. I just agreed to throw 200 on Templar's debt. That goes to Jay Searles in the story. There's nothing to All right, that's your decision. All right. So I'm you know, I'm not even a question. I just I just wanted to know your answer. I'm not going to express an opinion on this. I just uh I I my well, if my we, if I agreed with 1369 then anybody could say that. And all, all my point is I just agreed to help the Templar out and you know exactly who the Templar scammed. Well, yeah, so, yeah, so, then, well, so there's, well, no, there's no debate. So I just threw two hundred in there, and that's that's it. End okay, the story. so no, the the reason I I made this decision to let the people who donated decide is that I, I've always had the opinion that whoever donates money to this site should have the authority to say where it goes. So I don't want to ever ever make anyone donate money and then have the money go to a place they'd never wanted to go. I don't want people to have money that they donated go to someone they hate or or have money go in, in a way they don't appreciate it going or they don't agree with where it goes. So I said, if you donate money, you can make the rules. You can you can say, I'm donating to the free roll and everyone can win it except this person. You can say that if you donate it because it's your money. So that's that's why I let yeah, Jacep decide. I'm with you, man. And I, hey, listen, I appreciate it, but uh, like it has nothing to do with 1369. If he had been scammed by Templar, the money would have gone to him. Okay. So the bottom line is Jay Searles isn't going to get to say that Raw Wolf put up 200 and told me I was going to get my money and then didn't. He sent it to the, He's not going to be able to say that on the forum. All right. I, I just wanted so, that was the, that's anybody, the only person. Yeah, they can, I did exactly what I said. And i got to be honest. I've gotten several PMs. 
people should know that you didn't have to put this 200 in. I mean, you did accept the 200 as a bet, and I should have played the event. And so since I didn't, you allowed the 200 to go to the free roll. But you didn't have to do that. So, you Well, know, that's you instructed me. To, you, you told me that's where you wanted it to go, so that's where I put it. So anyway, uh, okay, so is, is that what you were calling about, or were you calling about something else? Yeah, I was calling about that because I had actually received some PMs, you know, from people that were pissed off, and I didn't know what was going on with it. I just, you know, I just told them that you would have the money and you would make a decision. Now I'm realizing we're just we made the decision. So okay, no well the decision's been made. It, it'll be it'll be given to Jay Searles. You're part of it. All right, pal. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you for calling. Peace. That was a. Uh, now I, now I lost Brandon too. I hung up on everybody. That wasn't good. Let me let me put Brandon back on the phone here. Um, jeez, oh, here Brandon. Uh, Brandon's trying to call back, but I have to put him on uh, individually because uh, Skype is a mess. Best way to put it. Okay. Yeah, Skype is a mess. But Brandon's back, and uh, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. It was the final bit of money to pay for uh, for Jay. So you know, I just got kicked out of my out of my own chat. I, I absolutely hate when I get kicked out. Yeah, that chat. happened to me about five minutes ago. It seems like everybody gets kicked out around the same time. I, this this chat room sucks, but. It's so hard to find a chat room with V Bulletin that works with V Bulletin, which is our forum software, that doesn't suck. It's, it's uh oh, now now the site's kind of uh, there we go. This the for those of you that use the the forum, we've been having some difficulties late at night where the whole thing gets really slow, and I've I've been working on this with a hosting company. They think it's their fault, but they're they're blaming it on my side. And I'm trying to prove otherwise. Uh, they're they're claiming that uh, the site's running out of memory, which it is, but I don't think it's from what I'm doing. I think it's something on their end that's eating up the memory because it only happens late at night when our when our traffic is the least, and it doesn't make any sense to me. So, uh, hopefully, it doesn't happen during this show. But I think it tends to happen like later, like one in the morning sort of thing. But I'm working on it. I fixed a bug today in the site that. Uh, prevented people from uploading very big attachments. Now you can upload the giant attachments to your heart's content. Oh, and Limitless is in the chat. This is someone who always claimed he couldn't get into the chat. I'm glad he finally made it through. All right. That's so, ironic. While you're talking about epic chat fail, Limitless made it into the chat. Yeah, Limitless. Who's, Limitless has sworn all this time I've banned him from the chat, and I've never banned him from the chat. And I kept saying, no, you can come in. He said they couldn't. I, I assumed it was just the chat not working for him. But glad he made it in. So I, I, I don't think anyone's banned from this chat. So anyway... Uh, let's let's uh, we're gonna make a, a call now. Yes. Uh, very relevant call to uh, what we were just talking about. So I, I we we talked about the Venetian, and uh, damn it. You got all the fine details uh, uh, in your you, address. Can you copy and paste that again? I I, I lost it because of the Skype fail. I no, I think I lost it too. Okay, I, I think I remember what you said. Yeah, but it's the names and how. Yeah, you know, I, I I I think I got it. Can find it. <laughs> this is such a fail. Uh, I don't think when we get disconnected like that does it yeah I think it erases everything yeah I I, I would tell you how to find it well, we have another call in the meantime you're trying to figure that out okay call you're on the air hey what's up who is this is this Dan Druff who is this this is Wiz the alphabet elephant alright hello Wiz Yes, this hey, is Dan um, Druff. Who is this? This is Dan Druff, yes. Yeah, nice uh, nice to speak with you. Uh, 
I like to call in about block poker. And, All right. Uh, they are sipping players on their withdrawals. That does not surprise me. Now, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, well, I should have been listening to your show and know about all this bullshit. But they take a uh, Western with Western Union withdrawals, and they say it takes uh, three weeks or so. So I submitted a withdrawal, and um, I got an email back saying that it was declined, and I've been sticking with them for hours and hours are trying to speak with them. I've been leaving messages on them constantly and the what 100 number they give. And um, I've been following this thread over on 2 plus 2 as well. And I was just wondering uh, what you were wearing. Oh, well, that's, uh, that, that, that was the question I was expecting. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll tell you honestly what I'm wearing. I'm, I'm wearing a, an orange T-shirt, and, and I have on kind of like, uh, like cream-colored shorts. Not not cream colored for the reason you might think they're cream colored, but just that's the the color the shorts are, and um, and I have socks on. So if you have a foot fetish, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Are you wearing your bracelet? No, I'm I'm, you know, I'm not even wearing my watch. No, I'm not wearing anything. Who who else is on the show? I actually never have listened to it. That's, I that's... just uh, went to your website and saw it a lot. Oh, that's very flattering. Actually, I I saw you posted on another site that. Uh, um, you had a very low opinion. Yeah, I have no idea about the drama and stuff going on. You know, I'm not like in, on the end of the community. And yeah, stuff, no, I know, but but you were saying that to, that anybody who who left, uh, who who went to spinoffs of another site I used to be on. Uh, uh, I was going to put their eyes into their dicks. Yeah, yeah, you you said some very bad things, and I'm like, well, I, I hope you don't put my I eyes would... into my dick. That wouldn't be very. No, uh... I take it back. Okay, that's I good. mean, uh, honestly, I don't know what happened or what's going on. I check the site every now and then. And uh, I noticed that nobody's posting on Dockdown anymore. Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, I, I don't. I never ask anyone to leave other sites. I, I think it's fine if people want to post on multiple sites. I never ask people to stay away from other sites. I, I just want them to post on mine too. That, that's all I'd like. But uh, anyway, uh, I, uh, just as far as your lock situation, I I've warned for a long time that Lock is a shady company, and um, I, I have heard about their cash out issues recently. It doesn't surprise me. If I had to guess, I, I don't think they're intentionally stiffing people right now, just despite their bad history. I, I think they're probably having payment processor problems because in addition to being dishonest, Locke also has a history of just being incompetent. So I, I don't think that they're just like not paying anyone because they don't want to pay anyone. I think they can't pay anyone right now, and they're making excuses, and they're going to stall people for as long as possible until they can solve this. Now, unfortunately, this is what has brought down... I, I talked earlier in the show about how European poker rooms are, are crashing and burning and, and just disappearing with people's money. These These rooms didn't originally start out intending to cheat people. Even Full Tilt didn't start out intending to cheat people. But what happens is they start having payment processor problems and it creates like a snowball effect and then eventually they go under because if they can't get the payment processing then uh, the whole thing falls apart. And that's what I'm afraid may happen to Locke if they don't get their shit together with, with the, the payment processing. So it, it is starting well, to get... What are you saying? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say one thing for sure. They have no problem accepting money. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I would deposit $30 on, and it would be on there and instantaneously with my credit card. So uh, now Western Union, I, like I said, they're only going to pay me. I withdrew 440 and they were going to pay me 396 And I'm like, fuck it. I'm not a professional poker player or anything. I play for fun. 
but uh, you know, I win a tournament and I wanted to have the money to so that I'm at least in the uh not in the red anymore, you know. I'd be even and then a little bit more and then I could go fuck around on the side and play five dollar tournaments like I do. And uh just I don't know, uh you you seem to be a savvy guy about the internet poker thing. Now do you play online anywhere? You know, I, I haven't in a few months actually. I, I just I took a break because the games just aren't very good anymore. And I, I just uh just one day I said I'm wasting my time. I'm just spending too much time on this for not making enough money, and um, you know I, I think I I'd be better suited to just take a break right now and wait for something to improve, either, either being legalized uh, federally, which probably is a while away, or or at least one of these uh, state rooms in Nevada maybe you know gaining some traction eventually. But uh, for for now, I just kind of stopped uh, just for that reason, but also because. Uh, it is a bunch of small sites right now, and it, it is hard to trust anyone. And uh, even if you want to trust them, even if they're trying to be trustworthy, sometimes they, they have payment processor issues and get in over their head. Uh, but yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this lock thing drags out, as you've seen on 2 Plus 2. You know, you're not the only one. And uh, unfortunately, lock poker is very bad with honestly communicating with people. They just they say whatever they think will shut people up and not necessarily the truth. Uh the the only good news I can give you is I think they are probably trying to find a way to pay people. And the reason it's easier for them to accept deposits than make withdrawals is deposits can be disguised much more easily because they they can just get a bunch of like bogus businesses to to act like you're buying things on the internet. Uh like whenever I used to deposit a bodog, it would show I'm buying uh, you know, tools to work on my home or women's clothing or other crap like that. Uh, I mean, I bought so much women's clothing th- through Bodog, I must look like the world's biggest tranny. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just saying it's much easier to, to set up, like, bogus online store businesses and get past the banks that way than to send I, out a ton of checks to people. I went on till two years ago last November and bought four cappuccino makers. <laughs> so, so, yeah, when I... When I when I deposited last to Bodog, I, I think it was like handyforhomes.com, which I thought was a funny name. So, I, I was very handy for my home. Anyway, um, Wiz, uh, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so so all I can say is be patient and uh, you know be aggressive with them. Sometimes the uh, the squeaky wheel gets the grease there, and, and keep demanding it don't let them go you know threaten to post about this on forums and and all that and uh um you know bad guy 23 it was one of the pillars of our community as i'm sure you know uh, yeah yeah he's 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 posting in our chat that uh if if they send that you get the same he says if you send a western union they will get it the same day but and they make up names of the Western Union, but I think I think bad guys getting confused. I think he real. I think he believes this is a deposit issue, not a cash out issue. But I, I don't know. I've never. Oh no, I've had no problem deposit. Like I said, I you know I would go and deposit thirty bucks, lose it, thirty bucks, lose it, and it would always be there right away. And uh, finally hit something, try to withdraw, and you know I went to the two plus two thread, and there's a giant thirty plus page thread there. On the very last page, people are starting to say that Western Union is no longer a withdraw option. Period, but. I you know I made my withdrawal on October the second, 
Yeah, well, if they took it away, then then they're just not going to do it. I mean, they're just, uh, um, you know, they may have taken it away, and even if you requested it before, if they're not doing it anymore, then that should be a question you ask them. Is like, if if you guys have taken it away, can you make it a different method? When can I expect it? Just just keep pressing them. I'm not saying it's going to get you paid, but it's it's if you just sit there silent and wait for them to correct it, it could be forever. Does anyone remember? This was about, uh, geez, 2007, I think. When Bodog was the first company or mainstream co- company that would pay you out by Western Union, and and when your cash out got approved, they send you an email telling you it had been approved to proceed to to the nearest Western Union, and they'd write in big bold letters, "Do not tell the agent at Western Union this is from a gambling transaction." Oh, oh for, forget forget 2007. I I've had this uh, much more recently. I've had this in 2011. They were telling me that when I would deposit because what I would do with with uh, Bodog or Bovada is when I would deposit there, I would do it through Western Union because they would cover my fees. But withdrawing through Western Union on there was like really, really expensive, like 7 or 10%. That's something awful like that that I would never do. So the, I, I would get the cash-outs through wires, and which they were pretty good at sending quickly back then, not anymore. And, and I would deposit through Western Union. So I always deposited through the same Western Union, which is like through a, a, a supermarket bank that was near me. And I swear, I was always sending it to like these Philip, these these Filipino guys <laughs> or girls, uh, like in some city in the Philippines. And I can only imagine what those people at the bank thought of me. They must have thought I was the biggest chump. <laughs> like like sending yeah, thousands. At like, least I kind of have like darker skin, so I can maybe at least claim, or they can maybe at least tell themselves, oh, you know, he's Spanish or he has relatives, a half cousin. But you know, no offense, Druff, you can't be paying. You know, they're gonna think that 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 you're you're maybe paying for slave labor or something. Down no, there. I, I think I thought you know that they I mean? were gonna. I thought they were gonna believe that like girls on the internet were scamming me. <laughs> Yeah, in, Phil- in the Philippines, saying they love me and they you know to send them three thousand dollars and they'll come out and see me, like like I just kept going there. And the funny thing is, I was actually winning on on Bodog, but but you know I I didn't want to keep much money on there, so I would bust fairly often. Uh, like I, I'd win some, I'd ca- make a big cash out, then I'd run bad and I'd bust and I had to redeposit like three thousand bucks. And I just kept coming there, like sending three thousand bucks to the Philippines. They they must have thought the worst shit about me. And finally. One of the guys at the bank said, "You know, you can open up an account here, and you can you can just send it online through your account. I see you, I see you send a lot of money to the Philippines." <laughs> I felt so embarrassed, and I, I couldn't tell them the truth, but I knew I knew what they were thinking of me. So that's funny. Uh, anyway, uh, good luck with getting your your cash out. Unfortunately, I can't give you much more advice there, but uh, Locke is is generally shady and doesn't like to tell you the truth when things are going wrong there. Oh, and and one more thing, uh, yes. Druff. I I did create an account on your webpage, and I think that I got instant banned. Uh, what was the name? Gray, G R E Y. I don't remember banning a gray, but okay. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I tried to tried to get my password reset and stuff, and said I had the wrong one. But uh, oh well. I'm sorry I didn't have an awesome call for you guys tonight. I just more or less wanted to talk to you. You know I. No, we're always we're always happy to hear from from the legendary Wiz, and uh, you know you can make another account here. And if you're having trouble, just email me dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, and I'll create one for you. And uh, and one more thing. Yeah. Uh, you're forgiven for deleting my posts on donkdown.com. No, I I don't remember which post I deleted. 
multiple rats. And is that Drexel talking as well? Yes. I hear another guy. Talking. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had, I mean, I had post poems about you guys and you guys just went and deleted them. And, I, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. When, when did I delete your post? I mean, I don't know the exact date or anything, but there was threads about it on the website. I don't know, whatever. I, I haven't you know, deleted anything I, there in, in a very long time. I get on there. I try to bring some light to the forums and shit. And I, know I, that... I remember you. Were, I mean, I, I, I don't care. You know, people like me. They don't like me. I, I don't. I would tell you if I delete anything. I actually do remember one evening. Or actually, it was a morning. I woke up and there was about five or six po poems. I guess that you had written to me. They were rather amusing. Most oh, I remember now. Yeah, I, I did delete. I did. Uh, delete yeah, most of them were calling for my death and such. But I, I did not delete them. Um, no, but it's something personal, man. Like truthfully, I don't even know who you are or yeah. if you were it's... a moderator of the site or anything. Yeah, uh, no, you know, try not to. I read the forums a lot. I was from the Never Win Poker Days back in 2006, and I was just a wee lad then, and I was serious about it then. And I did play poker. I thought that I was, you know, it was different days. But now I, Effie uh, Hoser was saying something on Dockdown about why does anybody still go to these sites anymore? And I truthfully don't know either, but I'm addicted to them. Yeah. Uh, by the I'll way, to, Wiz, uh, before you go, how old are you? I'm uh, 29. 29. I guess you were a wee lad back then. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I've always been a little immature for my age, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's at least you're you know, still a young man, still a, a lot of life ahead of you. You're not, you're not old and broken down like me. So uh, good, good luck. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll I'll be seeing you on the poker forums, and good luck on the cell. All right. Thank All right. You. Thanks for uh, calling in for the first time. You're like an internet legend, I guess. Yeah. All right. Thank All you, right. Wiz. Adios. Adios. So that, that uh, was... Real fast, in case you didn't see it, uh, and Jeff, I'm going to have to be leaving shortly, if that's fine with you. I... I... I'm starving, and uh, I know uh, there are a couple other things. We're going to do the call, but um, I'm trying to think. Someone just wrote in the chat, in case you missed it, about uh, – I probably shouldn't do this on the radio, but you know what? Somebody posted in the chat that had that it uh, made money in the free room and wanted to roll it over. Just post in the radio thread. I'm trying to scroll up. And yeah, it, yeah, it post in the said, real, yeah, post in the radio yeah, thread about so, that. Oh, you know, it, it's Fat Man. He said, draw for Drex. Please add my winnings. Just so it's accounted for. No yeah, otherwise, otherwise I forget about yeah. it. Fat man, we appreciate it. Just uh, post it in the radio thread, and we'll make sure it gets carried over. That's. Uh, do you want to do that crank call now, Drew? Yeah, I, I keep trying. Every time I'm about to hit the the call button, yeah. it, it, somebody did, else calls in. I resent you. Did you Did you get it? I resent you the premise. Let me see here. I'll send it. Oh, there we are. No, we I, have, I see it. I see it. We have two of them open. Beautiful. Okay. Nice. I see it. So let me just get the. And as always, guys, you know, with these live prank calls, it could be hit or miss. But yeah, uh, yeah you never know. Sometimes, the, sometimes the prank calls that sound like a great idea suck, and sometimes the ones that sound marginal end up being good. Yeah. But nonetheless, we're going to be using a legendary draft character yeah. for this call. Of course. Good evening, the Venetian and Palazzo. This is Caesar. How may I assist you? Um, yes, um, this is Alvin Fingelstein. I, I need to speak with, um, uh, I, I need to speak to somebody at the poker room, please. My pleasure. I'm on the please why can it you? Was that a male or a female? Hmm. It's a tough one. Bad guy wants to call him. We'll take his call after this.
ringing they're not getting on here. Gonna have to, may have to call back and get somebody else. Hmm. Let's call back. I don't give up that easily. Neither does Alvin. Uh, yeah, so this is Alice Finkelstein calling about an important matter. Um, I, I needed to speak to the poker room, but I, I just called up and it, it rang many, many times. Um, I, I, I sat there and waited as it rang numerous times. In, in fact, um, I actually had some 5 o'clock stubble and I actually went and shaved it off while it was still ringing. And uh, I actually even shaved uh, the back of my neck, which is difficult when you don't have a, a, a female here to help you doing it. Uh, but I, I got that successfully completed, and, and it was still ringing. So I'm a little concerned that nobody's there answering the phone. Can I try to connect for you? Um, does that mean that um, you'll stay on the, on the phone? Yes, yes. Okay, uh, please hold my hand during this call. Thank you. One moment, please. Asian Bistro, the renowned New York hotspot and celebrity hangout, is at the Venetian with tantalizing Chinese, Japanese, and Thai cuisine. Tantalizing? Hmm. Delmonico Steakhouse. Pizzeria, a celebrated New York landmark created by Chef Mario Batali and winemaker Joe Bastianich, comes to the heart of St. Mark's Square. At the I don't understand how this is really helping. Odo I'm just sitting on hold while she's hearing it ring. The grill at Valentino. Thanks, calling the Sam's Poker at the Venetian. This is Brandy. How may I help you? Yes. Yeah, so, hello. This is Alvin Finkelstein, and um. I I actually I'm a lawyer that represents a few senior citizens that uh, live at the Scottsdale Jewish Community Center in in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, the, my my clients take junkets to Vegas a lot, and they they love playing the Venetian because they. This may sound a little bit strange, but they play at the Venetian because they think the gondolas are romantic. That's the only reason they come to this hotel. But the the reason that I'm calling the poker room is that um, they they've been playing uh, 4-8 Limit Hold'em and um, and also 4-8 Omaha. Those are their games of choice. And the, again, these are senior citizens, and and they happen to to have a bit of luck. And uh, despite their their rather uh, passive play style, they managed to win over over $500. And um, they, they came to me recently, um, a, 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 a gentleman named uh, Mordechai. Um, I can give you his last name if you really need it. But uh, he and, and his, um, uh, his female companion, whose name is Mimsy, I don't know if you remember them, but uh, th they heard that um, when they were eating in the mess hall, that um, another individual at the retirement home played there and won over $500, and that Venetian is no longer accepting $500 chips um, without, well, the, the words they used was, uh, without a big hassle and a big schlep. So, so the question is, is there a, they're in distress right now. They're very afraid to, to bring their $500 chips back to the Venetian. They're afraid that, um, I, you know, some of this, they, they had parents that, that uh, 
were rounded up during World War II. They're, they're, they're kind of afraid of the, something similar occurring in the Venetian because they hold $500 ships. And, and they, well, I can connect you to the cage. They'd probably be uh, better equipped to answer that. But have you heard of any problems with $500 chips here when people try to... No, I haven't. The, old, the older... No. You, are you guys changing out the chips at the moment? Not that I know of. Okay, and they've been, they, to be honest here, they they they've really been affected by this. They haven't been playing bingo like they've used to be. They um, even even their Jello is going uneaten, and I'm I'm getting concerned for their health, both both Mordechai and Mimsy. And I just want them to get their five hundred dollars and and be done with this. Yeah, and they, they should be fine. Uh, if you'd like, I can connect you to the cage. But my my view is that they'd be fine. Okay, um, are you going to put me on hold with hold music? Yeah, I can connect you. Hold okay, well, while you're connecting me, can I play my own whole music that actually Mordechai wanted me to play as we're waiting for a call? Sure, that's fine. Okay, thank okay. you. You still there? This is not acceptable music. There we go. Oh. Good at answering the phone here. This is their way of getting rid of annoying lawyers. <laughs> they have like a lawyer button on their phone. <laughs> I don't know. I I just don't know. For for the for for can't can't walk you. I really don't even know. I don't recall. I don't know that I ever saw that email. I don't know, but I don't know. This is ridiculous. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Again, I just don't know. I don't know. You know, the girl that you called is just... She's just, uh... The person that runs like the desk and seats people. Maybe yeah. you should call back and ask for a poker supervisor. Yeah, this is uh, this this was going okay until until I got transferred to the ring of death. Yeah, I call back and always I always ask. Yeah, I think there no one's answering. Thank you for calling Venetian and Palazzo. Mm -hmm. This is Cynthia. How may I assist you? Um, yes, yes, so this is Alvin Finkelstein. I, I was just, uh, they were attempting to transfer me somewhere from, from the poker room to some, some cage or something, but, um, um, I, I wish I could tell you exactly where they were sending me, but, uh, um. What is it regarding to, um, sir? And, um, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, yes, um, can, can you transfer me to that poker supervisor, please? Certainly. One moment, please. 
I don't know. So I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know. She told me you at a party once. <laughs> Poker, Miss Tracy. Um, yes, can I speak to a uh, poker supervisor, please? Yeah, one second, please. What does what does Howard think of the Venetian? You know it's weird. It's not working right now. What the hell's wrong with this? Reload this video here. Julia Brownlee's on the higher tech. <laughs> I dare it put ads in my video. I dare YouTube do that to me. How dare they make this show seem like amateur hour? All the facts. I, I don't know. Nope. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have no recollection. I'm just speculating now, so I just don't, you know. So I don't know. I remember sometime in the afternoon. I don't even know when. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so, they really do put customer service at the first, at the fort, first and foremost, huh? In terms of uh, they coming Jesus. back, they coming back on the line before midnight. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know. I have no recollection. I remember one time at a party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what minute mark is that X? That's my favorite. <laughs> I think that's like a zero twenty-four. <laughs> I remember one time. Party. Sir, can I take a message and have somebody call you? Um, Outrage. I have no recollection. I remember one time at a party. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, what's going on there? I mean... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh. I like I like the obnoxious hang up. <laughs> you can tell that she's like slammed the phone down. Jeez. That's that's <laughs> unbelievable. Can I take a message for you, please, sir? <laughs> can I take a well, message for you, please? <laughs> and then her the response is well, uh, I remember one time at a party. And then you hear <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a good premise, and once I don't think that's our fail. It's no, just, no, uh, they, we just couldn't reach. We needed to reach uh, the Venetian thwarts prank calls by just having poor customer service. That's uh, sometimes the way to do it. Um, I, I want to quickly uh, mention, I guess, the last thing before we shut this thing down. Uh, you, you can go, Brandon. If, if, do you need to get going? Yeah, is that okay, boss? Yeah, yeah. No, like, the, the last thing I'm talking about is just a you know Euro poker site thing. I don't think. Okay, I'm gonna take off. I will. Uh... Be back next week, and uh, thank you all for listening to my segment. So I have to kind of cut it short. Yeah, no problem. But, thank you for being here, and uh, we'll see you next week. Okay, Shabbat Shalom. Good night, Brandon. So Brandon is uh, is gone. It's, it'll be closed out by me, 
But uh, I appreciate Brandon being here for the uh, three or so hours that he was here. And uh, let me uh, let me just finish off about this uh, one poker site and in Europe that uh, screwed everyone. Purple Lounge Poker. Uh, basically, what happened was uh, this was a site that uh, in April abruptly shut down. It just uh, went away. Shut down, couldn't connect to it anymore. Uh, about a month before that, in March, they were delaying their cash outs, claiming that you know there were some issues, you'll, you'll get your money soon, but it needs to be delayed, and then a month later they're gone. So in April they're gone. They promised communications with the players who still had money on there about what will happen to their money. They made their own deadlines, missed their own deadlines, and on May 31st they announced that they were done, that they were liquidating their assets and essentially screwing all the players. And uh, a liquidator was appointed in July, but the players were not mentioned as beneficiaries of the money that would be gained from the liquidation. So anything that they that was gained from liquidating their assets would not go to the players. The players were not seen as legitimate uh, debtors. Uh, the company's own statement, they made a really obnoxious statement on May 31st, about rebuilding the company and just pretty much putting the players they screwed behind them. It says, Notwithstanding the difficult decision it has made, the board, referring to their own board of directors, believes that it can put the poor trading of Purple Lounge behind it and will be working to bring the group back to profitability as quickly as possible. So they're trying to say, after we get this whole thing out of the way and rebuild the company, we're just going to ignore the whole thing and leave it behind and, and go on and hopefully be profitable again and still never pay the players. Just just kind of pretend we never had a poker room. So uh, there are plenty of people in Europe who had money on there that got screwed. Uh, I don't have much of an update on this since July other than to say nothing's happened since then and, and the players are still not getting their money. Uh, there are some players getting together attempting to put a stop to this and, and maybe put a claim to some of the money that would come from the liquidation or whatever they can do about it. Uh, if you want to contact these players who are getting together to do this, I'm give you an email address. Playerclaimplounge at gmail.com All one word, all lowercase. Playerclaimp like Peter, lounge at gmail.com Playerclaimplounge at gmail.com Email that address and you'll get information about claiming your money from Purple Lounge Poker or attempting to claim your money. And as many people that can get together as possible and fight this, I encourage. I, I think it's terrible they're doing this. It's, it's one thing to run out of money and just disappear and say, hey, I'm broke, I can't pay you guys, goodbye. That's shitty enough. But uh, to actually cheat everyone and say, hey, we're restructuring the company, we're re rebuilding the company, but uh, anyone we ripped off before is not getting their money, even if we're profitable again. That's just awful. So I uh, wanted to mention that, and um, you know, nothing to warn people about, because the site's down. You don't have to worry about depositing there. But uh, uh, please email that address if uh, you were one of the victimized players. Of course, this won't affect people in the U.S., but I just wanted to tell anyone, I know we have a lot of European listeners, and uh, if you're one of them who got cheated on that site, that's who you should email. Uh, bad guy, if you want to call in, this is your last chance before I shut down the show. I know there's no brand in here, but uh, you are welcome to call in. Sorry I couldn't take your call before, but uh, we were doing some other things, and uh, we needed to complete those. 
Uh, someone's asking for an update on Never He, but I, I don't have an update on him. He sent me a kind of a strange Facebook message the other day, but uh, didn't really understand it, and he never really clarified. Um, bad guy says I need to go after these sportsbook sites. Uh, there are so many sportsbook sites that have cheated people, it makes poker look like nothing. I mean, there there have been so many shady sportsbooks. A very, very high percentage of sportsbooks have ripped people off. Um, so, um, you know, while we're waiting to see if bad guy calls, I'm going to try to call a number that I'm sure is not going to answer. But uh, what the hell, it's the end of the show. I'm going to call up this guy. I don't know if you guys have heard the story of this girl named Amanda Todd. Uh, Amanda Todd was a 15-year-old girl who killed herself. Uh, basically, she had uh, communicated with a guy who is now alleged to, uh, you know, allegedly his identity has been found out, but uh, with some guy who was likely an adult that convinced her to send him some topless pictures. And about a year later, he contacted her again and said that if she does not strip for him on camera nude, that he will distribute the topless pictures he has of her. And then when she wouldn't do so, that's what he did. And he made a, a Facebook account with a, you know, with her bare breasts, and, and, you know, this caused her a lot of stress, and it looked like this girl wasn't exactly uh, stable to begin with, and she eventually killed herself after making a YouTube video about uh, how she was victimized in this way. She eventually killed herself. Uh, no doubt this girl probably had a lot of issues that were unrelated to this, but uh, this was definitely looking like the catalyst that uh, some pedophile who convinced her into exposing her breasts when she was very young and uh, was trying to get her to show more, uh, he was then trying to extort more out of her with the pictures he already had, and then she killed herself. So they, they got her phone number, when I say they... Uh, this group Anonymous, this hacker group Anonymous, they got the guy's phone number. I, I don't know if I said her phone number, but they got the guy's phone number and his name. Uh, his name is supposedly Cody Maxson, and I'm only giving this out because uh, it's everywhere on the web. Cody Maxson in uh, New Westminster, British Columbia, Canada. He's supposedly 32 years old, and uh, his phone number was posted. And uh, I'll, I'll try to call it up right now. I doubt he'll answer the phone because I'm sure he's gotten a million calls. Hey, Jeff, I called that number earlier. It just rings. Oh yeah. By the way, that's that's bad guy twenty three. The, the, the girl that lifted up her shirt. Yeah, yeah. That's this is yeah, bad guy. This bad guy. It's a good number though. It doesn't like go to a thing. It does just ring though. Yeah. So maybe we'll answer now. Maybe yeah, we'll let, let me. I'll try it. What the hell? This is bad guy twenty three for anybody who uh, who cares. He's he's on the phone here. No one cares on this site, man. No, I think everybody cares. <laughs> I think there's a lot of caring about this. You know, I was in your state. I was in Pennsylvania. In fact, it was in know, Pennsylvania. Man. You should have came to Pittsburgh. You should have called me. Well, Pennsylvania. You Pittsburgh, should have picked Pittsburgh. up the website, drove them down here. We could all have a party together. Pittsburgh was a little bit uh, far, too far west for what I knew. Uh, yeah, it's way too far, man, from Philadelphia. Yeah. It's eight hours driving. Yeah. I, I had a two year old with me. I couldn't do a drive like that. I, I got a two year old. Maybe here. And, hmm. Oh, hello. Hey. Hello. Yeah, hi. Um, I, I'm looking for Cody. And you are? Um, my name is Alvin Finkelstein, and I'm doing... Alvin? Alvin Finkelstein. Uh, Are you his mother? Keep going. S-T-E-I-N. Okay, and? And and I'm looking to speak to him. Uh, I've gotten information that he was wrongfully accused 
of doing something that was uh, that wasn't very nice, and there's a lot of people harassing him. And I'm I'm actually doing a report for uh, the New Mexico Home Journal. That's it's actually a surprisingly well visited website uh, for news. Uh, in his defense, because I, I've been looking, and it looks like Cody was was wrongfully accused by this anonymous group of of, of doing these bad things to this young girl who killed herself. And I I, I wanted to speak to him to to get his side, uh, because from what research I've been doing, uh, poor Cody ha- has been uh, a victim in all this. Uh huh. And, and who okay, am I your speaking? Your phone with? number is. Would, would you like to call me back? Sure. But I need to know who you are before I give you my number. I. I just want to know why all these people keep phoning my house and asking me for this person. I have no idea who he is. Oh, you don't know who... Now, are you honest about this? You don't know who it is, or are you just saying this to protect him? Because I'm, I'm no. on his side here. I really no, want to speak I, to him. No, I, I don't know who he is. Oh, honestly? I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you if you if you want to know. I, I can I can hang up right now. I have no idea who you're talking about. Well, okay, I'll, I'll, tell you who, I'll tell you honestly the whole story. You want to hear? Okay. Okay. What ha- there was a girl named Amanda Todd, who was 15 years old, and, and she committed suicide. Okay. And um, she, uh, there, there was some guy who tricked her when she was even younger, into exposing her breasts on webcam or something, or, or sent her a pi- sent a picture of her breasts uh, to some stranger on the internet. And about a year later, this guy contacted Amanda again and said, "I have this picture you sent me before, and if you don't get nude on webcam right now." And, of course, she's still a, a young minor at this point. Uh, if you don't get nude on webcam right now, I'm going to distribute the pictures I do have already of you, and your breasts are going to be all over the Internet. So this this girl freaked out and uh, was got really, really uh, unhappy about this whole thing, as you might expect, and uh, made even a YouTube video about how she's being victimized and eventually couldn't take the stress of the whole thing and killed herself. And this has become a big story. In fact, it's on the front page of CNN now. And um, what happened was they never knew who this guy was, who this this uh, alleged pedophile was that got her to bear her breast to him and then was trying to like extort her for more. Uh, it was identified as an individual named Cody Maxson from uh, New, Me- New Westminster, British Columbia, supposedly 32 years old. Uh, and then they uh, so you don't know this Cody Maxson? No. Now, the way you figure into this, are, are you from New Westminster? Excuse me? Are, are you from New Westminster, British Columbia? No. Okay, well, um, this Cody Max in here, his phone number was posted by the hacker group known as Anonymous. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah. Okay, Anonymous says that they found Cody. His phone number is uh, 604-940-6391. Okay. And and then they posted other information about him. Um, okay. Now, if you don't know him, then no. you may have gotten his phone number. Is this a recent phone? Uh, no, I've had it forever. Listen, um, give me your phone number. Uh, <laughs> well, if you, if you don't know about this whole thing, why would you even need my phone number? I'm a little like I'm not harassing can- you here. I'm telling you the truth. You can look. Well, we don't up. know what's going on. People keep on phoning us, asking them for this this person's name. Well, I'm, I just told you and what happened, he, though. I, I just explained. I, I'm totally yeah, honest. Yeah, I know, but you know, like now I want to phone my local police and let them know that 
Okay, but I, I, I don't want to be involved in this whole police thing. I was just, I was trying to call up and speak to Cody. Now, if, if, if you don't know him, I, I, I sympathize with your position, and, and I suggest you change your number because you're going to get a, a million idiots calling you up all day and all night, you know, idiots like me, calling up wanting to speak to this guy. And, and if you don't know him, then uh, it was the, this hacker group Anonymous either messed up or, uh, or, or something else is going on here. But you're, you're going to okay. keep getting calls. And unfortunately, the police, you know, usually when you get harassing phone calls, the police are good for stopping, like, if it's one guy harassing you. But if there's, like, yeah. a thousand different people all over the world calling you or 10,000 people all over the world, uh, they can't go arrest 10,000 people all over the world. You're, you're, you're just kind of screwed in that case, in which case... Really, you just need to change your phone number, as unfortunate as that might be. I I would be pissed off if this happened to me too. But uh, I, I'm I'm telling you honestly, you seem like a nice woman, and I feel bad for you. But uh, okay, I'm, so can you give me your name so that when I say to the police that this man phoned and gave me all this information, they can phone back to you and you can tell them where you got your information from, um, and then maybe they'll be able to piece it together. Well. I th- I think what you can do here is okay, so you're uh, not going to give me your phone number, correct? Well, but I I don't even want to be involved Thank in you. this Bye-bye. mess. Bye. <laughs> Drop. What are you doing, dude? She have called you back. I, I don't want I don't want the police calling me over this. I had nothing to do with this whole thing. They're not going to call you. It's Canada, man. How can they call it's you? It's Canada. Canada. They have country. phones in Canada. I don't. I just don't want. Uh, I, I know the Canadian uh, police are not going to arrest me. I wanted to come in there like I was a freaking sheriff. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I, Lou Father is saying they're mom trolling so hard. I, I don't know if it's his mom. Yeah, or I think it was his mom or a drunk aunt. I, I 100% agree with him. Whatever it is, I, I, the, the last thing I want to do here is give my phone number and have this. You know, ha- no, have, I hear you, man. Like, I don't want to get involved. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to. I don't want my. I don't want this phone number posted online. Like even, even the show the phone. Could blow up the site, man. Could blow up the site. That thing's popular right now. Yeah, that's uh, th- you know this site has enough technical problems without anonymous messing with it. <laughs> That's, a, that's the last thing I need is like anonymous going. This guy's the yeah, victim. I think that's like, 100%. I told you I called before. It just rang. There's not even a voicemail or an answer machine. You know, I, I have to admit I'm a little skeptical of this whole thing. Um, what I'm skeptical not not about her suicide. I believe all that story. But the thing I'm skeptical about is this Cody character. I'm like, I, I want to make sure that I I, I want to make sure that this is really the guy who's guilty. I mean, it's, it's not really my business, but, like, it just kind of bothers me if this dude is just, like, some innocent guy who's now branded yeah, this pedophile. Yeah, and who, who's now branded this pedophile, and, like, everyone's going to hate him, he's going to have trouble getting work, and he, like, like, he didn't do anything. Now, it's very possible he is guilty, but I have not seen evidence that shows this guy's guilty, and now that the phone number turns out not only to be wrong, but this woman's had this phone number for a very long time, if she's telling the truth... Uh, I know, but why would she want your phone number back? I mean, well, no, I, I understand that because I think there's probably a bunch of kids that call up. She answers are like, uh, "Can I speak to Cody?" And she's like, uh, "Who's this?" Yeah, uh, uh, she's getting pranked all night. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're probably like, probably nobody's like sat there and broken it down to her. I actually, you sound like you you do sound like you're from the TV though. I give, I give you that, but you know, yeah, she might not have a computer or anything. She did she did sound like a drunker than me. I'm pretty drunk right now. Yeah, I'm just afraid that, uh, like, I think maybe this anonymous got some things wrong, and, like, this phone, like, like how could they have gotten this guy's phone number to be that if this is, like, a landline that's been there forever? Like, 
Hundred percent the landline because there's no voicemail. I called before when I seen it on your site. I just called just the fuck. I was gonna just yell at the guy, but it just rang, 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 rang. There was no voicemail or anything. So yeah, like I, 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 if that's true, I feel bad for her. I like a lot of people. Yeah. I don't know how old she was, but she kind of sounded older. Um, a lot of people who've had their phones forever, their phone number, their landline that's sitting in their house forever. They don't want to change their phone. Number. My they, grandmother two two one six two. Uh, if you if you spell it out, it's two two one sex two. My 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 grandmother. Well, now people are gonna call her. Uh, she's still alive. She's ninety two, so I can see what you're saying. Well, do you want? The... You just gave out her phone number. Do you want website calling your grandmother? I don't give a fuck. I mean, yeah, website. Call them up. That's I mean, four one two 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 one sex. I mean, what do you? Do? That's what I'm saying. Website makes a website. Someone will be calling that number, man. And then you know, my grandma's getting harassed. Well, my grandma will fucking light him up like a Christmas tree. He's a liar. <laughs> but that's another story. Okay, but well, let's segue into this if you really want to go into it. No, I, mean, I, I really, I really lies, don't. But, but, but you know, the, the I mean, the guy puts my name out here. He puts my picture up. It's been on Donk. I mean, you know, I don't care. Well, yeah, about you put it. your I own picture up. I, I wouldn't worry about your picture. You put that up yourself. No, exactly. I don't care. Come on, man. I don't care, Druff. Are you kidding me? I didn't rip this guy off. He got my sports interaction account shut down, as I told you guys two years ago. The guy's fucking a liar. And if he wants his money, he's more than welcome to come down here and get it. He's not that far away. He's in Pottsville. He went to high school in Pottsville. Okay. Well, what I was saying about this Cody Maxson character, I don't know how would they, this anonymous group that that prides themselves on getting so much information, so much accurate information, how are they getting a phone number that's a landline to some woman who who, who doesn't even know him? And like, unless she's lying about this, unless she's really his mother or know, sister. Or why would she stay on so long? If she thought it was just another. Prank call? I don't know, man. I think it is his number. I mean, if I if I go by my read, my reads are horrible. Your reads are way better. But I mean, the lady staying on the phone, she's asking for your number, where you're from. But, but see, that you makes know, me th- that makes me think that she's actually out of this. He's probably out of there right now. And no, I, I think I, the last people she'd call if it is his house is the police. But you know what? I, I kind of think that it might be real because uh, if she knows I that her too. son, if she knows that her son did something wrong, and and that all these people are harassing him now, she, they're just not like not going to answer the phone or going to hang up the second they can tell it's a prank call. Like she stayed on the phone with me. She's really seemed to me like someone who didn't know what was going on and no one would explain it to her and then once someone did she's like well now I want this person to explain it to the police and then now I'm refusing and she got frustrated so I can totally see that especially someone who's older who doesn't really understand the internet very well so I like I feel bad for her. I don't I don't want to get involved and have the yeah, police so you call think me, it's but... you think it's definitely not his number I don't have to say definitely but I think it's a good chance it's not and th- that makes me wonder about the whole I thought thing maybe now. she was just protecting them because a uh, mom would also protect her son now, now I'm I'm, I'm kind mean, of I'm just I'm just kind of worried that, uh, um, you know, I sound like a drunk aunt to me. I think she was out drinking. They're, they think they're going to get paid on this whole thing. I mean, it could be the drunk aunt on CNN. Yeah, people in the chat room you know? don't they, they don't agree with it. People in the chat room think that I got tricked here, but I'm telling you that this doesn't make sense. Because... I don't know if you got tricked or not. You, you're a good read, but you, and you sound so professional. But the thing is, if she thinks it's another prank call, why not just hang up? Call from unknown caller. I don't know why he does this shit. Oh, this could be her calling you back. No, that's not her. It's it's, it's something I called before. I'll I'll put on everybody's calling here. Call from unknown caller. To accept, press 1. To send a voicemail, press 2. To accept, press 1. To send a voicemail, press 2. Somebody's saying hello. People are trying to, like, three-way shit on here, maybe. Right. I can three-way. You want me to call a number? Give me it. I'll three-way it. No, I, I know how to do that. People are three-waying me. Now, people are saying I'm being stupid with this, but I'm telling you that when your number gets out there on the Internet and you've done something fucked up, you you don't want to call up and, like, 
ask for everyone's phone number that's calling you or, or get in long conversations with randoms from the web? Like, like what good does that do? Like, what what's she going to get out of this? What if I do give my phone number? What if what if she really is her mother, his mother? What, what are they going to okay, do? I'm drunk right now, but the thing I thought is maybe she thought it was like a news source because you sound real professional when you call. And she thinks maybe that, hey, give me your number. Maybe I can get some kind of money out of this. I mean, that's that's what went through my mind, but I'm smashed right now. You know, Bobby, Bobby Orr just drunk. said in the chat exactly what I was thinking. If she got so many prank calls, she'd stop answering. She would just turn off the freaking phone. She'd say, my son fucked up. Or, yeah, you know, put the phone off the hook. Yeah, I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, okay, my son fucked up, got into some sort of mess on the net. I'm not going to talk to every idiot that calls in. Like, obviously, all the idiots calling in, it, it, it's not anybody who's useful to talk to. It's not anyone who you're going to like get information from. It's just people who see the number on I the think, web. I and think, call it. I think you, I think you should call back and see. You got to roll the dice twice now and see if she, what she does now, because then that your read will be complete. I think that this dude lives here. I really do. I, I think it's him. That's my read. That's the bad guy's read. I was right on Peter D.C., man. This dog <laughs> hates it, but I was right. Okay, I have Rob Wolf on the phone here, too. Rob Wolf, what do you say about this? You know, I got to say, man, that was an incredible call. And, uh, I mean, I'm in Alabama. I haven't been in the chat, so I don't know one person's perspective except for you two. And I think it was dead on the dude's mom or someone in his family. And the reason I say that is not just the phone call, but the anonymous movement in particular is um, they're known for extremely, like, a they go after people real strong, and they're pretty credible who they go attack and go after. So I don't know. I, listening to it, I swear I that way. Uh, I think that's that guy's house, Drop. I do, man. I think that you're wrong on this one. And well, I hate to say that, but I do. And I'm not just saying that for radio. I think you're wrong. Because the lady, like you said, why wouldn't you just put, I mean, if people were calling us over and over, you don't, you don't answer the phone, man. You know what I mean? This lady wants this lady wants money or something. They probably live in a shack somewhere out there in Canada. No, but but you, but you look at this on the other side. If you're getting so many prank calls and you know you're guilty, then you don't answer the phone. If you if you really don't know what the fuck is going on and no one will explain it to you, uh, then you do well, answer the phone. She sounded like she had a couple in her too, man. A couple pills. Well, she probably did. She sounded like your buddy, man, from the the, now, now, does the insider. Now people are asking how she would know who anonymous is. They've been in the news so many times. I mean, I, that's how she probably knows. I, I'm not sure about well, this. Somebody said it to her when they called. Somebody had to call and probably say that also. I mean, I don't know, man. Dress good as a read. And Slim P, what's up, buddy? You got blood on your clothes or what? <laughs> yeah, dude, I just saw uh, bloody clothes. Get the blood off the clothes, brother, so we don't have to hang up on you. All right, people. So, so oh, yeah. I'm kidding, brother. Okay, so. How you doing, man? I, I'm, okay, not gonna, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. If I was sure I about this. Slim P talk to her, man. She'll come clean. Well, that could be true, but I, I got to think, I mean, Druff, I think you just stumbled onto something. I, I swear, I think she's been sitting there by the phone wondering why it's been ringing. She just accidentally decided to answer, and you got just a straight-up fucking ringer of a phone call. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this right now, both of you. At 7.30 tonight, Eastern Time, she did not answer. I let it ring at least 50 times, and then it just went to a busy. She did not answer the phone. So unless well, she gets off of work, anonymous she did not answer 7.30 Eastern. Man, they would just be really embarrassed if they were known for publishing a number that wasn't accurate. That's what I don't and understand. That's, I mean, that's what's so weird. Like they they thing. really go after the well, people Jeff, that they're now too, man. I know I mean, it's late. That's a, two, I'm, two I'm wondering if maybe. Man, I, I just think you caught her off guard. 
I do too. I think he caught her off guard. She answers and she thinks. And you sound real professional. You're not like one of, like me. If I were to I said you cockstroke fucker. I would just yell. Where's your pervert son at? You sounded like a real person. And she's like, oh, maybe I can get paid. Or maybe this is real. But you would think one of the major news sources would have contacted her also, right? Yeah, I don't if know. If that's the real number. It wasn't really on the I mean, front page. It's pretty thick, though. In, in the weird fate, like, you probably just broke into this dude's mom that he's a total fucking treat show. <laughs> that would well, be funny. Not, I, that would wait, be funny though if she like didn't know this. Knows knows this story. I don't agree with that. I don't agree. With it, that. it would be funny though. It would be and funny I, if no. I think she like really believed something. Well, that's why she was pressing him for the phone number. I mean, she was talking about, hey, I'm gonna call the cops. Old people don't joke around when they're they're you know when they're talking about the cops. Hell, I just believed it. So I might suck her, but that was my read. I just wanted to call in and tell you that. Well, so wait, you, Slim T, you think it was, you think it was his mom, right? Well, mom or somebody in the family. I mean, she definitely okay, sounded so very... So the last person she would call, though, is the cops when her son's... Well, here, I, I got, you know what, I got another phone number here. Someone, uh, Simp Dog in the chat, just, uh, searched for a phone number. Simp Dog, I don't know who he is. He hates me in a way because of the PDD. Oh, wait a minute, you I know what, it's, 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 the, it's the wrong, it's the wrong number. He, he, he searched for a Cody Maxson in New Westminster, BC, and it came up Cody, or K Manson in New Westminster, BC. It must be the... Marilyn Manson's brother, man. Yeah, maybe. Hey, I think you were on to something there, Jeff. You could have blew this site up, man. You'd have had server problems. And yeah, it's, see, Simp Dog wants me to bother Cody Manson now just because he has a similar name. That's, that's kind of like <laughs> that. Uh, PD ripped off. He, he always, this Simp Dog, I like this guy, but he always comes at me and says, you got to pay Pete back. He, every time I'm in chat, this guy tells me. Well, like, you know what? If I, I can't just prank call Cody Manson because he has a similar name to Cody Maxson. That's kind of like that guy uh, who got killed in Sweden because he had the same name of the poker listings founder. Oh, Christ. I don't know, Joe. I think you dropped the ball there. I think you could have blew up PFA, you know, bigger than ever. Yeah, I think that lady is the mom. <laughs> or the aunt, the drunk aunt, the drunk yeah. aunt, man. Maybe That's I'll become her, the drunk aunt. Maybe I'll become part She's of this. He's out there popping pills, and I mean, it's probably easy to get pills in Canada. You got to ask Limitless. He's a fucking. I mean, that guy's—he's supposedly a big drunk. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll become a big part I of this don't know, story. Man. One so, day. what's going on, Jeff? Man, how's things going in the PSA world? Well, you know, it's, it's just uh, same way it's always Darcy been. Bunker song. Yep, that's that means the end of the show. It means we have about two minutes. And I, I know what that. it means, man. I listen to the podcast. You don't think I listen? Well, you seem surprised. That's not have available on the Tuesday, baby. Oh, okay. Well, you know, glad to have you back, guy. Glad to have uh, Wiz back. And, I'm glad uh, to be back, man. But you have to say crossing the line. You're taking us back because he beat you. I'm, I'm not taking anybody's back. I'm not getting. I'm not getting involved. So uh, I know yeah, you're not. A lot of, kind you of said a return. I stole. You said I stole, and I didn't steal. I, I didn't say one. that. We had a return of a lot of people tonight. Return of Bad Guy, return of uh, Raw Wolf, return of Wiz. I mean, a lot of people returning. Coming back. Uh, we love you, Drop. What the hell are you talking about, man? This is the best show on the fucking internet. I'm, I'm glad. So, uh, thank you, Ray, for listening. Sorry that we weren't there last week, but, you know, sometimes other things... Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold the phone here. I forgot. I, I, gotta, I gotta talk about something else. I gotta talk about a few other things. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shut down yet. Um... On October 7th, in Philadelphia, in Chester, at the Harris Chester, the real Harris I'm talking about, Chester PA. going to have a race again? Well, he already had one. I was just telling people. I know. There, I, there, I read that, man. I, I know, but I'm telling people. I'm telling that other race. people. It, the 12th race at Harris Chester on October 7th 
was actually called, and you can check it in the program. There's there's websites now that uh, follow horse racing that have that listed. And if you were there, you would have heard that they announced the Benjamin Wittellis Derby. The 12th race was called that. It's not a joke. I thought you said, I, I thought today was in October 7th. That's why he's going to have another race. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I wish I'd have known that. I would have bet that race, man. Just on, in your honor, I would have bet that race, man. Yeah, so uh, so the Benjamin Wittellis Derby went off, and there was a picture taken of uh, myself, Benjamin, um, Benjamin's mother, and another family member with Boy, the, can I interrupt you? With the winning horn, you can't. MWH fucks, MWH fucks that picture up. What, do you, what the hell's going to happen? I, I don't know what you mean by that. But uh, I mean, like, if they put them pictures out there, you don't care if it's out there? It's it's not a publicly published picture. It was just something, okay, 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 something okay, sent okay, to okay, me. Okay. But anyway, there's a picture of, of oh, all of us together there at uh, the horse race with the winning horse. And uh, wow. this this was all done. People asked me how that happened. And uh, this was a benefit of being a Seven Stars Caesars cardholder. And yes, I am a Seven Stars Caesars cardholder. People have asked me how... Actually, how, much is, how much does that equal... Like that you did that. I, have to, I mean, like it has to be a couple bucks for real. I mean, like how much is that equal to? I mean, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of action, but uh, I, I have not revealed no. how you know what action I put in to get that, nor am I going to. But uh, um, that that is how I got that card, and that's how that whole thing occurred. And I, you know, I had the option to have a race named whatever I wanted. And I chose to have it named after my son. I thought it'd be kind of stupid to have it named after me, but yeah, I thought it'd be funny to have it named after a kid who's not even two yet. And uh, no, I think that's awesome what you did there, man. My so, kids too, also, and I would have loved to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, so, I don't know so, how many points you got to get. Yeah, I, I play at freaking uh, the Meadows, man. There's no points like that. You, man, I get one at the Meadows, the Meadows Racetrack. And, and you know, uh, Benjamin there, let me, let me tell you what Benjamin's done already now. Benjamin not only has had a horse race named after him, he was also, I believe, the youngest person ever to play for real money poker in a casino. What? He did. When he was 13 months old. It, man. When he was 13 months old, he played a digital poker machine located in a real casino, played one hand and won. And I'm not talking about online, like a physical digital poker machine against other players sitting at that machine. And he played. Did he win? One, two, yes. He played one, two, got dealt pocket nines and won the hand, despite a 10 being on the board. And uh, he played that one hand and quit. I think he won like 70 bucks in the hand. So uh, I'll tell you one thing. Benjamin's got a good dad, so he's going to be a good kid, man. Oh, thank you. I, You're a good dude, man. No, I mean that. You're a good guy, man. The kid's going to be great. He's going to be a genius. You're a genius. Every time I talk, you should be on 60 Minutes, Druff. You should be. <laughs> I've already done that. Your time with a... this shit, man. You should have went to broadcasting school instead of fucking uh, whatever you did, man. I don't know what the hell you did, but you did something with computers or something. Yeah. Because you, you, you have that knack, brother. Like, you, you tuned me in. Like, that's the only thing that kept me to, like, listen to Donk Down stuff and stuff. It's like when you would talk, even though I liked all the craziness, but then you would get it serious. I mean, you just have that knack. And I'm not, you know, my, my lips aren't as big as Drexel's or whoever's, man, but I'm telling you, 
That's what you should do, man. You should go into something like this, man. You should be on TV. Even when you're on them shows that I watched you on CSN, what the fuck ever it is, CSNBC, whatever the fuck NBC it is. I mean, you're just smooth, man. Even though you looked a little like you were sick on that one show. You know what I'm talking about, too. You did look a little sick. You didn't look like yourself. I, but if you're talking about well, 60 Minutes, I was just kind of stressed talking, out. No, not 60 Minutes. You were no. I'm talking about the one that's on CSNBC when you're like in front of a computer or something. Yeah, I could tell you were sick. I mean, I, I talked to this guy. Like I tell people, I say this is the guy that I pranked. I mean, you know, I mean, this guy's smarter. You're, you're. I mean, I don't know many people, man. You're smart, man, and you're a good guy. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody can say they had. Yo, this is why we shut the site down. People didn't like you, man. Can I ask you one question? I, and I don't even know where this came from. Did Adam Schoenfeld really fuck Martha? I'm, I don't even know where this came from because I have no clue. I, I have. I, I, I'll be honest. I have no knowledge of that occurring. But is, I, it tr- is it a true rumor? Well, I, I just told you. I, I have no idea. Like I, I you really. Know what I'm saying, man. I may read your site, man. I mean, I feel bad for Mike. I, I, I can tell you honestly. Look, together. I'm telling you honestly here that I, I know nothing about that. So. Um, I, I've never heard that actually happen. I've heard people mean, joke about it. I don't know. I just came out. No one even told me to say that. No one typed okay, that to well, me I, or nothing. I'm just, I'm just saying, man. You're the best. I, I, I can I, just listen to you, man. Like, is when I listen to you, I feel smarter. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I mean, what else can I say? I do. I do. But you dropped the ball on that processing thing when Wiz was on the phone. That freaking lock poker's lying to him. If they wanted to, if they wanted to give him a Western Union, they could get it to him in two days. Hero Poker, David Jung, you know what I'm talking about. Bubbles can get on here if he wants to. That guy is a liar. No, I'm not I, even going to get into I, that. I don't man. want to trash Hero Poker, David. Yeah, he's always been uh, straight with me. But anyway, I look. know he's been straight with you, and you get paid, but. You're a poker fraud alert. It no, no. If, if, if I found paid, that he was, if I found that he paid. was cheating people, I would say so. But I haven't seen that yet. A- anyway, look, uh, we're gonna end the show here. It's uh, uh, it's eleven oh nine, and there. all right, brother. Anyway, well, you have fun with Benjamin tomorrow. Thanks for having me on the show, brother. You know, you kind of uh, right. ran wa- Raw Wolf off the phone. He's just gone. Ah, uh, fuck it. Who does that, man? I threw paint on him. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We will be back next week. The Druff and Drexel show. And uh, we will eventually come up with a third host to have on this show. But for right now, it's just the two of us. I'd like to thank my co-host, Brandon Drexler-Gerson, for being here for almost the whole show. I want to thank all the long-lost callers kind of showing up tonight in unison. And uh, I don't know what to say about the last call I made. Where uh, I don't know if I was speaking to the mother of, the, of a pedophile or just some poor, innocent old woman. I don't know what the hell. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I was right or wrong. Kind of mixed feelings. But I guess we'll find out in the coming days about that and many other things. And I will tell you about it next week here on Poker Fraud Alert Radio. Good night, everybody. Hey, Jeff, wait, wait. Can we do peace? Yes, we can. Actually, no, we're going to do Shalom. We're going to do Shalom here, right at the end of the song here. Ready? You want me to say Shalom? Yes, go ahead, right now. One, two, three. Shalom!